Welcome back to the Science Fiction Film Podcast by LSG Media. I'm Dean. I'm Matthew. And on this week's episode, we're discussing Star Trek Generations from 1994, directed by David Carson. Matthew, we have done some. This is this is LSG Media history right here. Do you know that? It it really is nerd history in a way. It is. It's it's. There's two. There's there's the there's the meta history of LSG Media, and then there is the history of I guess you'd say this movie, which is bringing two uh, heavyweight captains to the yes, to the sir. forefront. Um, but you know, on a rewatch, I, I rethought that a little bit. Although there is some pretty cool stuff between them. And the, on the meta piece of history is that this is the first. This is the first episode that we have picked, and I can't even tell you how long. I'm. Th- I was trying to think about that today. I Over think it's a year. Close. I think it's close to two years. I think. It, I think you're right. Actually, I don't think Getting we've close. picked one in two fucking years, dude. That's insane, man. That's nuts. Nuts. That's nuts. Absolutely. And for all you nuts. fucks that say we don't do enough sci-fi, you're welcome. Okay, here you go. <laughs> We got a couple to pick, so start thinking about what we're going to pick at the end of this. Ooh, I mm. already do have my next bonus episode picked out, but I, I shan't talk about that here. I have a bonus. I have a bonus episode picked out too. In fact, I ha- it's the ninth, and I haven't done the um, the bonus release, the the, uh, the like the twenty five minute teaser. So I got to get on that. Anyway, oh. dude. Um, so Star Trek Generations often yes, often it's overlooked. <laughs> it's often overlooked, isn't it? It is. It, it is. It pretty much is. It is. So I'm coming off of a very fresh watch. I watched it today. Um, I did it. I had this kind of nice morning, Matthew. I woke up. <laughs> I made my... <laughs> would this be a Kirk on Nexus morning? Uh, I didn't chop any wood, and Tuesday was all of my um, manual labor, like yard Your stuff. Your Yeah. Yeah. Thursday was a little different. So um, back in the gym pretty intensely. And on, on, and on this morning, I got up, I fed the little kitties and the dog, and I had myself some oatmeal with blueberries. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. And Yummy. Some, yep, and some coffee. And then um, I was like, all right, I want to, I got to, uh, you know, you have to, you, you got to give yourself to, a, a digestion time. So I was like, I'm going to give myself a couple hours. So for about 45 minutes, I did the Facebook stuff. And then I was like, I'm going to watch the first hour of this movie. So I watched the first hour of this movie. Then I went to the gym. Then I did a bunch of, uh, I hit up Jersey Mike's and got a tiny, like a mini sub. And then I got uh, some grocery shopping done. Then I came back and I finished this episode up. And dude, um, I so I just finished it not that not super long ago, a couple hours ago. I had to watch the Bruins, of course, uh, win the first game of the <laughs> Eastern Conference Finals. No big deal. City champions. It's the way it is. But um, just a slight flex. You know? And and now we're here with Star Trek Generations, and I'm watching the movie. And do you know what I thought to myself? Do tell. I thought, dude, if you're gonna sit down to watch a Star Trek film, if you're gonna throw one on, you're probably not gonna throw on Generations. Now, nah. that's part of the problem with all having all these movies. You're probably gonna throw on two or six. Or, or First Contact, or Three, right. even. That's, yeah, this <clears> one kind of falls in between, I mean, well, literally in between, you know, the new cast and the old cast. And this is not the strongest of, of either, of, of new cast or old cast, especially for old cast, because they're, uh, they're barely in it. Yeah. Let me tell you something. Um, I think I like this movie more now than I used to. 
Okay. I think okay. I've kind of gotten over some of the stuff that happens in this movie. There are some problems. Now, let's be real. There's some problems with it. Um, because it's Star Trek, some of those problems are going to sort of be glaring. But I'll tell you, once we get past the opening stuff here with Cameron, right? He shouldn't have skipped class right. all those days or he'd know what to do in an emergency. <laughs> Fucking up. Ferris, his relationship with Ferris Bueller has made him a terrible ship captain. By the way, he's the captain of the Enterprise. Could he suck any more plates of dicks? <laughs> In his interview, where they're like, oh, well, we need a new captain for the Enterprise. And are you shaky, hesitant, and sweaty at all times? Dude, Indeed. He's, 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 he's a bummer. Anyway, once we got to the next generation crew, I was kind of digging it. So yeah. there's a lot I like about this movie. I'm going to tell you that right now. And then there's a couple of a couple of goofy things. Another piece of fucking awesome Star Trek trivia outside of Kirk dying, everybody knows this, but 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 not really because I, I mean technically, oh yeah, I mean he dies in the rift and he dies again. But you know what I'm saying. But uh, the the death of the Duras sisters. Ooh yeah, right. Great fucking characters. I love the Duras sisters. They're awesome. There's the hot one. One's hot. One's not. <laughs> <laughs> one you would, one sister. I would definitely have a Star Trek fantasy with, and I'd be like, "You can keep all the makeup on. I don't even care about the teeth. Let's go. Let's we're, hit we're it. doing this shit, right? I don't care. <laughs> I'm going to sustain injuries. It's going to be worth it. And uh, and I hope you you at least say at the end of it, acceptable. That's all I want you to say. <laughs> it doesn't even have to be good. I it just I just want to be average enough for you to to be like, oh yeah, I I bang that human. That weak little human. <laughs> For a human penis, C+. Plus. <laughs> yeah, dude, that passes. I'll take a C+. Plus. <laughs> That's dude, pass. I'm barely a B- minus in real life, okay? I'm not going <laughs> to pretend, right? I know what my skill set is. Everybody likes to be like, I'm a fucking plus. Nah, you're not, though. Real quick, you're yeah, not. Slow nah, down. You're not, though. Hey, that's also, hey, not just like all other things in real life, you don't get to grade yourself. <laughs> you can be like pulling a, uh, you could be pulling a, uh, looking in the mirror, kind of like Patrick Bates. Look in my abs while I smash this prostitute. Right? You can be doing, <laughs> flexing. <laughs> flexing. I winking. can do a thousand now. <laughs> Fucking sit-ups. But no, it's, um, where was I? Hey, I haven't sexually drawn scissors. Right. Um, there's a hot one and then there's the less hot one. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they die. This they is sure a piece do. of Star Trek hit trivia, a piece, a piece of Star Trek history, Matthew. They die dead. Also, <laughs> Vasquez is in this shit. What? Dude, that's her on the, on the sensors. Not the sensors. For the Klingons? No, no, no. In the beginning, she's on the B, the Enterprise B. She's, um, she's oh. a communications officer. Yeah, I wanted her to say, let's rock. Let's rock. Did you all say, hey, by the way, did you catch John Connor's foster mom from Terminator 2 in there? That's Vasquez, bro. She's the same one? Can you believe it? Are you having you just, a revelation? You just I, split my skull wide open. Yes. I had no dude, fucking idea, I dude. broke your mind in the fucking multiverse. That's so awesome. Oh my God. That's her, I man. did not know that was the same person. Yeah. Holy hell. Damn good actor. What's your <laughs> dog? blended right in. What's your dog's name, Max? Is Wolfie okay? Yeah, Wolfie's fine. That bitch? Oh, yeah. The wolfy killing bitch? Yeah. Your parents are dead. Because <laughs> the, the chick from Aliens kicked the shit out of them with the razor fingers. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> she just stabbed them through the milk. That guy was the yeah, worst, by the way. He sucks. <sighs> by the way, terrible. your foster parents are dicks. But, oh, yeah. um, shitty. Hey, so here we are. You know, it's fine. Mm-hmm. We got some Star Trek history. We got some things happening. But, um, you know what? It's fine. 
It's a Star Trek movie. I'm kind of glad I had to watch it for the movie. I'm glad we kind of picked it. Um, we also only have one more to go, Insurrection. That's fucking crazy, man. And if you're looking through the science fiction film podcast feed and you don't see them all, it's because some of them, a lot of them are in the bonus feed. So sorry That's about right. that. Sorry, not you're sorry. Have to cough up that doja for them. Give the money. <laughs> Pay that man his money. So, so Matt, tell me about Star mm-hmm. Trek Generations. Well, this here, this here Star Trek, Trek Upon the Stars movie, for years, I always had it in my head that I really liked it. Um, cause this was, this was probably the first of the, definitely the first of the next generation cast that I saw. Like I saw it on, uh, on its like TV premiere. I never, I don't think we ever rented this. I didn't see it in theaters, but I remember seeing it on TV back when they used to make a big deal out of, ah, the, on the first time on television. Um, you know, this was the one that I probably saw the most on TV for a while as far as Trek movies go. And I didn't have very many clear memories of it. I remembered Basically, all all that I truly remembered clearly was the part where Picard and Kirk are together and fighting Soren and, you know, together riding horses and shit. That was the stuff I remembered clearly. Uh, and as a kid, I was like, yeah, that's fucking cool. It's cool to see Picard, who was my captain. That was the Star Trek show I was, I was watching, even though I had seen plenty of original series. Mm. But I'd kept up with, you know, Generation pretty much from the beginning. And I was like, yeah, it's cool to see my captain with Kirk. That's fucking, that's cool. And it, that, that chunk of the movie lived so strong in my memory for years that I was like, yeah, that's one of the better ones. You know, I know, I know Wrath of Khan is superior. I know fucking First Contact is probably the best of the next generation ones, but this is, this is a good one. And now for me, I came back, you know, originally we were actually going to do this for a bonus episode, like a, what, two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Um, and I watched it back then and honestly felt pretty meh about it. Like I wasn't disappointed. I didn't think it was bad, but I was just like, mm. It's a very bland, you know, nothing that amazing, nothing that shocking. It's fine. You know, walked away with it. If I was going to give it a grade then, probably a C minus C plus, something like Dean's Dick plowing a Klingon. Um, but now, now that I've watched it fresh again, I'm a little higher on it. Like, it's weird. It's only been a couple weeks, but I I enjoyed this last viewing a good bit more. Um, and for me, I still have my problems too, especially with just some of the plot stuff, like the overall plot. But the character shit, mm-hmm. the actual character stuff, the dialogue, the stuff that honestly matters in these original Trek movies, not like the uh, the J.J. Abrams one as much, uh, but that stuff, Picard, his you know, tragic loss, all of it, that's pretty good. Like, it's pretty damn good. Like, I, I, I was intrigued to watch these, these characters go through this and, and these kind of parallel tragedies that Kirk uh, and, and Picard kind of endured because of their service. I'm like, that's actually an interesting story thread. That's cool. Um, and I, I, that, that's kind of what I honed in on more this time around. The first time I kept thinking, wow, yeah, this is really is one of the more bland Star Trek movies. I didn't remember it from a kid, but coming back to it now, like, eh, it's not that much that happens. Like, uh. But this second time around, I, I got deeper into the character stuff, which is in truth what matters. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to going, going through this one. And boy, you know, now that we're doing it, do you think at the end, I was talking to my, my buddy Zane about this day, a much deeper Trek veteran than myself, uh, and talking about ranking the original movies uh, along with the next generation cast. Do you think we should maybe talk about where this falls in our, in our canon towards the end of, of all of the Treks of all the Treks? Who I don't know. Uh, we absolutely maybe, maybe we, we save that for insurrection. I I think we might have to save it for insurrection when we've done them all. Yeah, probably yeah. so. Probably so. Because very fascinating. You know, and I'm going to tease. You know what? We should do insurrection as a bonus. Do you want to? I'm just down. Get, get it done. We probably should do, I can that. do it. 
Yeah. Clear right. out that Trek universe. Yeah. Um, actually, maybe we should just do an insurrection next week on this podcast. How about how about that for the plebs? Ooh. Yeah. God, we're not this starting freedom, new- Dean. This, this freedom. This unleashed freedom. Freedom. <laughs> right? <laughs> and and they don't have to be drawn and quartered. That's and so my guts cool. are still in my belly where they belong. <laughs> I- I can feel them doing their functions correctly. They're giving me nutrition. (laughs) (laughs) My kidneys filtering all that alcohol. So we'll do insurrection next week. How about that? Double trek. Fuck it, I'm down. Yeah, Yeah, wow. I'm down for this. This is the sci-fi podcast, baby. Yeah, we got a bunch of a bunch of non-sci-fi bounties got purchased. By the way, because you know we just put them on sale. I think there's two left out of the ten. So that. Oh wait a minute! No, 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 Dean. We forgot our 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 off uh, mic conversation. We're supposed to do Pride and Prejudice next. We no. did already commit to that. That's true. Pride and Prejudice. That's right. All right. Yeah. Sorry about the sci-fi. Sorry, right. No sci-fi, guys. Sorry, no sci-fi. So a, <laughs> two, two things I want to say. Number one, when I first saw this movie, um, I didn't like it much at all. I was probably early 20s, I guess. Does that sound about right? Which is hilarious. And then, <laughs> and then I liked it a little bit more when I saw it again. But I think I like it more now than I ever have. And it's funny, you know, I... When I, you know how I told you I watched it, went and did stuff, worked out, came back and finished it? I liked it more post that, so I was like, I wonder if there's something to be said about the endorphins of Bose workout. Like, suddenly I'm like, not as critical, and I'm just like zonked on my couch. I'm like, this is great. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> this fucking movie rules me at. Man, this movie's so good, dude. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, there's that. But um, let's dive in here. Let's let's talk about the shakedown cruise. Ah, the old shakedown. After we after we slow mo glide along with a a spinning bottle of champagne in space for a while, with 1994 being like, look what we can do with computers. <laughs> no we shit. We can finally right? do it. Um, well, uh, William Alvarez said this on the Facebook group. The the most the coolest part of of this is seeing the next gen cast with movie lighting. <laughs> right? Yeah, it looks it's awesome. True. Like. The, the inside of the Enterprise just looks badass. Because remember, this is still the Galaxy Class D. Mm-hmm. It has yet to be destroyed, which is it, it's about to be. Oh, man. Yeah. And that, yeah, now that was another big thing for me as a kid. I remember That's another always piece thinking, of Star Trek history. We lose the Enterprise again. Uh, again. <laughs> but, but then, you know, I mean, a ship named Enterprise again. <laughs> again. Again. Boy, that's another conversation we have to have that I kept thinking about at the end of this movie. I was like, how many fucking times have these reckless bastards destroyed an Enterprise? Why do they keep giving them ships? <laughs> so many times. Well, technically, the, the D was never really destroyed, if, unless you count cause and effect, where they were in a causal loop and it kept getting destroyed over and over again until I figured out what the problem was. They kept dying yeah, like right. over and over again. <laughs> but in terms of movie enterprises, yeah, I mean, it gets there's an enterprise destroyed in yesterday's enterprise, right? The Tasha Yar comeback. That's a fucking great episode. Search for Spock, they destroy the enterprise. Cause right. and effect is another one, generations. And then kind of beyond that, I'm not really sure. I don't, I don't I don't know if they destroy any in the new movies. They probably do. Oh, they do. Yeah. They, <laughs> they do. definitely do. Oh yeah. Well, um, yeah, it's pretty reckless. But look, I'll tell you what's reckless. This captain, he's terrible. <laughs> captain Harriman. <laughs> Harriman. So two things about this, about this opening scene here. Um, number one, Matthew, um, a shakedown cruise is a nautical term. You're probably familiar with it, which is just I'm where not. you're you're testing the ship. We call it. That's called a shakedown cruise. When when a ship is undergoing testing, right? It's flying right. around, trying out its things. So. 
as we love, as we are next gen fans, as we are interested in the protocol of Star Trek Next Generation, as we started to define Starfleet a little bit more, I think right. what we're seeing here in Generations is a little bit of leftovers from the original series, which is the outrageous idea that this ship would leave with so many things not functioning or even installed. Yeah. That that's, just in next insane. gen, this doesn't happen. This is like holdover from old school Trek, and it's fine. Whatever it makes for, it serves the dramatic purpose. But on top of it, this captain is horrible. First of all, you're being given the Enterprise. I can only assume in this time period that this Enterprise is in fact the Enterprise B. I believe it's Excelsior mm-hmm. class, right? I can only imagine it's the flagship, right? Oh yeah, this guy's the captain of your flagship of your fleet. <laughs> I don't After you believe. fucking plowed a Lamborghini through a garage, this piece of shit. You know what I say about Starfleet Command? Don't trust them. Don't believe them. <laughs> right? Let them Fuck. die. That's what Kirk says. Bureaucrats. But no, it's it's funny that it would, this is, that this, this guy's so incompetent. And by the way, dude, David Carson, the director, I'm sure he said to William Shatner, he goes, all right, Bill, here's what we're going to need from you, buddy. I want you to pretend, I want you to treat these media people like you treat everybody at any con signing yes any fan (laughs) signing any con you ever go to post your like sort of personal resurrection and kind of getting over that whole thing right oh you want me to uh just completely hollywood them yeah yeah pretend they're pieces of shit and that you're better than all of them could you do that please (laughs) pretend the media are star trek fans heel of my boot just pretending yeah. they're Star Trek fans, dude. <laughs> Pretend that they are adoring Star Trek fans with glimmer in their eyes, meeting their hero in person. And you're just going to put your hand on their face and shove them out of your way. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Get this shit out of here. Yeah. But uh, this guy can't handle this situation. Uh, also, I mean, this I, is one of those, like, you're on a shakedown cruise and you're the closest ship to anything crazy that could happen like this. Star also, Trek as shit. Yeah, they're like we're the oh, only the one. Ship. <laughs> we're the only one in the whole <laughs> fucking universe. <laughs> Shakedown uh, cruises are getting deadly. <laughs> we don't have tractor beams or toilets, sir. <laughs> there is no captain's chair, but you don't deserve <laughs> it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but um. So anyway, what we're seeing here is that Kirk. Uh, Chekhov and Scotty, they show up. These young bucks, they don't know what they're doing. A lot of gory cameos, by the way, of uh, actors here. Oh, yeah. You see that? Isn't, uh, isn't our boy Tuvok hiding in here? Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. Tim Russ, I believe, is the actor's name. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And then, of course, a, a little Hikata Sulu's daughter. Demora Sulu. How'd that happen? Did he purchase her on the black market? <laughs> I, I'd like to think that right after, you know, she walks away and, you know, and like Kirk is like muttering to check off. He's like, doesn't, I mean, we're in the future. He, he, like he can come out of the closet. Like we're all fine with it. I don't get it. He's still, still really. Yeah. He's running a train on some junior operator, dude. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, Miss daughter appearances, you know, it's a Japanese thing. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I'm actually his niece. She bring a great, he bring greater shame uh, onto the family if he gives, if he shows that he is into the gay sex. So he pretend I am his daughter. Oh, the Japanese oh, are still very backward in this time. Yeah, Kirk's we're like, like we're the holdout country. Kirk's like, I'm from Iowa. I get it. <laughs> Husking corn and smashing guts. I don't care. Anyway, they have a problem, and 
the the gist of the scene is Kirk takes over. Right. That is it. They want to get closer to this mysterious energy ribbon because there are a couple of ships that are trapped within it and getting destroyed, uh, and they're afraid of getting closer. But they also, like we were already joking about, don't have tractor beams. So they can't even just pull the ships to them. Right. It's not going well for young Captain Harriman. He's a young captain, by the way. Yeah, I was thinking that too. He's still looking like a young dude. But um, it's uh, Kirk's a little pedantic here, right? But but I guess you would be too if this guy was probably about to get you all killed. <laughs> right. Like he's just kind of second guessing him. But then but then he kind of relents at the end. He's like, your place is on the bridge because uh, <laughs> you can do less damage here. I'll go fix the actual problems. <laughs> I'll go down and you know put my meat paws on the real issue. <laughs> I'll be in engineering being a man. <laughs> You just uh-huh. sit in your comfy chair. But they are able to beam out some people. 47 out of 150 from one of the ships. Right. But they, uh, uh, and then we see uh, amongst those people is, is, a, is a crazy man. <laughs> uh, Whoopi Goldberg <laughs> and a crazy man. No time for the Odin outlaw. Just here to check the meter. <laughs> we won a prize <laughs> for selling the most magazine subscriptions. <laughs> Uh, I'm singing in the rain. I'm <laughs> singing in the rain. Doctor Alex Delarge, <laughs> his his room on the uh, like the, the little guest quarters he had, not guest quarters, but the room he's in on the uh, Klingon Bird of Prey. Just has a bunch of dick statues. <laughs> so good for <laughs> smashing old ladies' faces. <laughs> he has a cane in there and shit. He's got the whole the whole getup from Clockwork Orange. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, I got. I got to say about about uh, Talion, if not for Malcolm McDowell, who's a damn good actor, can you just can you just call him Soren? Soren, Soren. Yeah, Talion is so weird because I'm like, is it Talion? Talion? Talon? Soren. I don't fucking know. Soren's a cool Sorin. name. Soren is a cool name. Cool, cool kind of boring name. villain in my opinion, except for the fact that Malcolm McDowell knows how to fucking make him cool. Like just his his performance, I think you know adds the right amount of flavor. Yeah, yeah. Is, is that is that kind of how you land on Soren? Yeah, I mean, in a lot of ways, I think Soren's somewhat not compelling, and some of the most compelling things about him are talked between other characters about him. Like we don't really get to see Soren get into very much. He's he's fairly when he's on screen, the shit we get to see him do is fairly one dimensional. Like he's just kind of like I'm doing my thing that I want to do, and you can't stop me. It'd be and, it'd be cooler if that. I, I think the problem with Soren is a problem with his goal, which is a problem yes, with exactly. the plot. I think it's it's kind of a weird. It, it's an interesting thing that we have to almost reverse engineer him. And, and go bit, to the yeah. plot, right? It's, I've, right? I don't think we've ever done this on the show before. This is kind of weird. Well, Have we ever said the character is a problem because of the plot of the character? It's almost the weirdest thing I've ever said. But I think you know <laughs> what I'm trying to say. I, I do, though. I actually do. Um, <laughs> because, you know, for one, I think they try to... they The backstory of him is the mystery of the movie. So, like, they're, they're kind of discovering what Soren's intention and his plans are as they figure out the plot that unfolds and the Klingon conspiracy within it and all this shit. And there's a, there's a big chunk of it where I'm like, I would have been interested in hearing Soren talk more about these things instead of just other characters being like, oh, yeah, he's obsessive and this is why. I'm like, eh, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I, I, guess, I guess we're supposed to believe that the Nexus is, is so utterly mesmerizing that we will do whatever we can to go into it and it requires great will to get out of it 
Right. Well, and the other, I, I, what I would so, say so is there's the a most, lot of problems. Do you want to just break down the plot right now so we can yeah, move fuck through it. it? Let's do it. I, so so while but, it, go ahead, go ahead. I was just gonna say, like, while I'm while I have the thread, you know, like I'm holding on to the fucking Nexus strand before it flies away. Oh, um, it looks cool, by the way. It actually, yeah, I, was, I agree with that. It does. Like, it's a ribbon just cool. tearing through space. But one of the things, like, it is an actual layer in this movie that's there, and they talk about it, but I, I would say not enough that I think is really interesting. It kind of unites Kirk, Soren, and Picard, this whole this thing about loss and, and loss of time. Like, you know, we, we find out about Picard losing the remaining members of his family in a fire, which is fucking horrible. Like, this huge tragedy that kicks Brutal. off his arc in this movie. Um, you know, Kirk had, you know, which we got to see a lot of in the original movies, that he didn't have time to have a family or a legacy. Same with Picard. Romance. Say, yeah, same. And and with Soren, you know, he lost his entire family. I think basically his whole civilization to the Borg. And right. So it's which we learned. Uniting. Which we learned in the next gen episode because Guinan talks about it. That's right. Same race. Um, yeah, exactly. That's why she's so fucking old. <laughs> um, but. I, I think it's super interesting thematically to have all three of these characters united by horrible tragedy and pain. And Soren's the one who cannot get past it. Like him wanting to get back to the Nexus is not some, oh, it just feels so good in there. He wants what, what's never really spoken outright in the movie, but I think is what you're supposed to kind of infer is that he wants to be reunited with his family. That's what he wants. Like he cannot get past that loss and he will do <clears throat> anything, including destroying a whole nother civilization to get to this, you know, know simulation of his family in the nexus and like that's him dealing with his pain in this horrible destructive way and i i I like this idea of watching him deal with his pain in this terrible way and picard and kirk able to grapple with it in a more righteous way and i'm like that at heart is a very cool idea but it gets kind of lost like you don't that that initial layer thread or what you'll call it kind of just gets buried as the movie goes on and he's just like, ah, he's just an obsessive, crazy person who wants to get back to this cool thing. Part, like, of, part of the problem yeah. part of the problem with the movie is that if you think about the plot for only a few minutes, it undoes the entirety of the movie. So you have two choices, hate the movie or get over that and kind of enjoy it. And I'll explain Roll to you it. why. So here's a problem. Here's the fundamental problem with the plot of Star Trek Generations. Number one is that they all are trying to, there, there's, a, there's a couple of little things like, there's the, okay forget forget about some of the scenes we're going to talk about let's just talk about the idea of the nexus the nexus is i guess you'd almost say a shangri-la so to speak this paradise that you live in this idealized version of where you are right <clears throat> and because of that let's let's take soren let's take uh soren for example soren mm-hmm. loses his family because the borg destroyed his world he's utterly destroyed by this we have a connection to this a little bit as Star Trek Next Generation fans because we know the devastation the Borg can bring. Oh, yeah. But we never quite feel for Soren, unfortunately. But here's the problem. So Soren is going to, by by way of diverting the ribbon towards him because apparently he can't fly into it, which that's a plot point that's goofy, but I don't mind it. I can look past the you can't fly into it, but it can it can hit you. That's fine. It's kind of metaphysical, whatever. Right. <clears throat> I I buy it in the same way of like the time travel shit of like, ah, you can't wear clothes or bring shit. It just takes organic matter. I'm like, okay, whatever. <laughs> right. <laughs> hand right. wave. Got it. Right. But here's where the hand waving really kind of breaks down. So one of the things he's going to do, I think it's called Viridian 3. That system, that world has 200 plus million people on it. It's going to get destroyed when the sun goes supernova as a result of his interference with it to alter the ribbon's course 
to him mm-hmm. so he can go where he is going to be. However, in, in, and I know this really rests on Soren doesn't have the willpower, but if we think about it for just a minute, Kirk and, 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 and Picard, both very remarkable individuals, have the willpower to go, this is, without a ton of convincing to be truthful, go, this is, <laughs> this is facsimile, I don't want this. And then they are told by Guinan, they can go back to wherever they are, which is how we resurrect the entire dead crew of the, uh, of the, of the uh, Galaxy Class D, because they all die when they crash. Right. Oh yeah. So he goes back before that. Now, logically, if Soren wanted to, he could get in the Nexus and then decide, "I'm going to go back before the Borg destroy the fucking planet and just go." Everyone, the Borg is coming. We must evacuate. True. Do you know what I mean? Like, or that, he could even, start- he could be he he could be so much pettier than that. He could fucking go into the Nexus and and just like prevent Picard from ever being there. There's so like, many things, like, gonna, once you afford him the ability, because when Gunnar says you can go back to any time, obviously that's how we're going to not kill the entire crew. So Picard goes back to right before the crash landing and stuff, right? To, to right. kind of like save everybody. And it's like, it's, and, and, that, and that's what I mean. Like you kind of get into this, oh, I can go back to there instead of, so, so the other thing that I imagine would probably happen is that, how many worlds has the Nexus consumed? Are there not enough remarkable people to know his facsimile and get out of it and then thus control it? Are there like a million timelines as a result of everybody going, this is fake, I want to get out, I want to go back, and they go back and then there's a new timeline? Do you know what I'm saying? It gets really dicey and sloppy when you start thinking about it, and that's always the problem. Because they decide to inject time travel into this, it kind of yeah. fucks up the plot a lot. They should have just left it alone, not killed the whole crew, like, like, you know what I mean? Because they go back and then Kirk's there. He's like, oh, what are you doing here? And they kind of repeat the thing they did with Sauron. They could have just went back even further than that. Like, if they had the power, they could have just gone back and said, okay, arrest Sauron. <laughs> I mean, I guess, you get in, I guess you get into pre-crime and the, and the morality of that and all that shit. But you could thwart him. Like, you could have intercepted him when he was, you know, you, you have the information. If I had the information, I can wait for you to do the crime and then snag you when I know you're going to be vulnerable because I just went oh. back. Dude, talking about the time travel stuff and some of the, the issues with that just made me realize there is a time travel paradox that is completely unaddressed in this movie. That When we cut back, I'm jumping way ahead, way, basically to the ending, but when we cut from you know Kirk and Picard leaving the Nexus and back to Soren before he you know sent the, uh, the rocket into the star, he is firing at Picard stuck in the rocks. He fires at Picard stuck in the rocks, and then he walks away from it because he thinks he got him, Correct. just like he did the first time. And then the the Picard and Kirk show up from the Nexus and attack it. And I'm like, you're living in a timeline with another Picard. That's <laughs> just totally, totally unaddressed. I mean, I'm, I'm imagining, I guess, when he buries Kirk, he goes over and takes a big rock and bashes the prior Picard over the head. And is like, no one can know. Yeah, I think he did too. that because of the timing of where Soren was, so Kirk could be there too. But I was like, why do that? Just go back a little further. <laughs> yeah. You got, you, yeah, because now you, you have another Kirk walker. You got a primer problem. Right, right. Or another Picard, whatever. So, that, <laughs> so in other words, that stuff's yeah. kind of goofy. So if you Sloppy. think about it for just a minute, you go, wait a second. Like, it, if you would just have that, so I don't know, could you doctor the script a little to just make the Nexus be this very tempting thing to where within it, all of your problems are solved type of thing. Yeah, you could do that. It still begs the question like, okay, how many worlds is this thing consumed and nobody has, right? Has, as soon as you're like, 
I guess, I guess once somebody goes in the nexus, getting them out is the problem. Maybe if they just, maybe they should have just never done the put our friends in the nexus thing, but then you don't have yeah. a Kirk and Picard episode. You know, it's like, it's, it's yeah. dicey because what you're doing is you're bending the realism of the plot to make the cool things work, which well, I know don't what mind, was, whatever, like that's movies. But with Star yeah. Trek, there are certain things like a Star Trek, you know, a Star Trek audience is like, come on now, wait, wait, let's, let's not fuck this up. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know there were a couple of studio insistences on like the script. Uh, like they wanted a big singular, you know, bad guy. <clears throat> they wanted Klingons. Um, of course. And they wanted, uh, of course, you know, for this, they wanted the original cast and the new cast to be together on screen in some way. And already you have a time paradox there because yeah. it's, you know, like 80 fucking years apart. Sure. So they had to figure out some crazy way to get that on screen. So I'm like, yeah. And Ronald, our boy Ronald D. Moore was on the uh, the script for this. So like, I'm sure they were probably scratching their head. I'm like, all right, how the fuck do we bridge this weird time gap so that we can make sure Shatner and Patrick Stewart share the screen? Right. So I guess what I'm trying to say is that I don't, I don't want to... Sometimes the sum is great. The whole is greater than the, than, than the sum of the parts, so to speak. Right. Right. So I I don't want to throw more metaphors, but I don't want to throw everything out in one go. I want to kind of because it does get a little it gets a little dice gets a little weird, and it's fine. And and that happens. You know, we've talked about things in the past. We've talked about story inconsistencies. You know, in the new movies, they have literal con blood can resurrect dead people. So oh. it, suddenly you go, well, wait a minute. This kind of changes the face of Starfleet, doesn't it? And then you have, you know, just always kind of dumb stuff. And there's always going to be a little... What I'm trying to say is that I understand that the physics and the astronomy astronomy, and and, and, uh, and all that stuff is not airtight in Star Trek. It never has been. It's not supposed to be. It's just supposed to be airtight enough to go, all right, cool, that's plausible. (laughs) Moving along, yeah. But... As we're podcasters, and I just said this on the Game of Thrones podcast, we are uh, forced to consider things and think about them a little more, a little more deeper than casually. So we got a lot of fucking time to fill up, people. A lot of tape, <clears throat> yeah. A lot of got tape. Got to nitpick here. a little. <laughs> yep. And uh, it's not because we don't love uh, the. Uh, never mind. I sound like I'm doing Game of Thrones. The Game of Thrones fans <laughs> are being so annoying right now. But anyway. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm glad I don't watch that shitty show. Whatever. Fuck it. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> All right, so um, let's let's get to our next gen crew in, in this cool scene with Worf, right? I like that they're on this goddamn sailing vessel. Well, I, I got to say, before we jump to that, a moment, uh, just oh, like a fuck visual sake, moment. Be three hours where you want to always go off. back. Fuck always with the going off, dude, back, this, this kid. Seeing the original crew facing out through a hole in the ship as we pan through this the battered Enterprise, I'm like, ah, it's fucking cool. It's cool. I like it. I, I like that we got to have some, you know, 90s era visual effects for our original boys. It's cool. I'm yeah. into it. That's all I wanted to say. Moving along. Alrighty. Don't mind me. No problem. I don't. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, Worf is getting a promotion to Lieutenant Commander. Indeed. Great costumes, huh? <laughs> Dude, I swear to God, I thought, I, I'm not even kidding. I actually really did think. That they broke out into song of I'm the very picture of a modern major general. I'm not kidding. I in my child's brain, I thought they actually did that. And I was kind of disappointed that they didn't. I was like, oh fuck. I was gonna get to hear Patrick Stewart sing that shit. That is funny. Haven't we heard him sing it before? That's what I'm saying. Like it's in my it's rattling around in my brain. I'm like, I swear to God I've seen that. Like it's happened. He has. Yeah. It, It was on um 
is on the show? It's when data goes bananas. It's got to be insurrection. Oh, yeah. fuck me. Yeah, it's got to be insurrection when, when data goes cuckoo. Yeah. <laughs> we, a we British tar is a soaring soul as free as a mountain bird. Remember that scene? Uh, and then fuck. data starts singing it. It's not yes. Nemesis, is it? It might be Nemesis. No, not Nemesis. Fuck. It's got to be insurrection. It's got to be. I don't think it is, though. I think it's Nemesis. Well, because because so. of we B4. Covered Dude, we covered it. How do we not know this? Somebody in the <laughs> chat that isn't a piece of shit, tell us what it is. Because we are <laughs> pieces of shit. All right, good. Oh, right. fuck. God. I'm like, no, I remember. I remember Nemesis. We covered that shit not that long ago. No, no, I was going to say. <laughs> if we forgot it that quickly, we are bad. Which I guess we did because we didn't know the answer. You knew it before me. But anyway, um, if you watch carefully at on this scene... When Worf is in the water, yeah. When um, that's retract plank, yes. <laughs> um, but when he's down in the water, um, when when Beverly falls past him, and he's like, "Got it, boom!" and he just shoves her, and she goes in slow mo. Mm-hmm. If you look closely at Michael Dorn's pants, his knees look fucked up. What well, I I have dude, to pull bloody now, bloody like he hurt himself. What? Yeah, yeah, both his knees. Like, because he's wearing white pants. I have it on YouTube right now. His knees are fucking bloodied up, dude. Oh, Look they carefully are. Isn't that Holy crazy? Holy shit. What's up with that? I don't know. If he, if he jumped over or maybe, maybe he scraped himself or he fell doing a stunt or something, it's pretty crazy. That's so bizarre. I did not catch that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. HD, I <laughs> guess, <fucking> man. weird. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. I also do like to imagine this sequence that Worf is like, ah, is this what we always do for when we're we're promoting a a comrade to a higher rank? And Picard's just like, oh, no, this is, you know, we don't do this for for humans. This is only for (laughs) flea-ridden Klingon savages that we dump in the water. Mr. Worf, this is only for mud people, you understand. (laughs) For filthy ones. (laughs) Mud people, lice-ridden, like you. Great (laughs) vertical, by the way. I mean, did you see that? Did you see the long shot of how high that was above him? Come on now. <laughs> Worf's got those ups. Oh yeah, I like the uh, I like the moment between Picard and Riker when Picard's romanticizing the past and Riker's like, "Yeah, this would be horrible." Right? <laughs> yeah. The, the best just, thing about life at sea, no one could reach you, and he's like, "Yeah, no, nah, you just die actually out yeah, here." Yeah, yeah. It's fucking horrible. Bad food, horrible discipline, no women. <laughs> Scurvy, <laughs> <laughs> syphilis that rots your dick off. Yep. Destroys your spine. <laughs> oh God! Um, uh, but yeah, this is this is the moment where a message for Picard. A comes message through. for Picard. This is just fucking horrible, man. Yeah, this comes uh, with the distress signal. Is it a distress signal? No, not yet. That that comes just a little bit later. Got it. Because they all they all go back. Picard gets the uh, yeah. Because he gets it, then he comes out and he's very short with everyone. Oh yeah. He's, he's cranky Picard. Yeah, he he leaves the simulation first, and they all get back onto you know the deck, and it's actually uh, Riker who gets the message about uh, a ship being you know sending out a distress message. Right, right. And and when we said we we're going to cover the plot, we kind of didn't. So here's the plot. Apparently, <laughs> Soren commissioned the Duras sisters to attack and destroy a Romulan outpost. Well. I would say it, it would be a raid, not really a, a theft, because <laughs> Klingons don't thieve. They just raid and kill everyone and take everything. So <laughs> I guess they raided a, a Romulan outpost and got a compound called Trilithium. Um, that 
compound is something they're giving to Sauron, who knows he needs it to destroy a sun, which would shift the planet. By the way, we didn't even talk about how the, we don't really feel like the planet gets shifted while they're standing on it. I mean, that would, they'd all be dead, <laughs> just, just for the record. Because the idea is we're going to alter the, the star system and the gravitational constant of the star system right. and thus push the planet in the path of the ribbon. And to do it, he needs this trilithium, which he then says the Klingons could use to make some pretty devastating weapons because what the fuck does he care? He'll be in the ribbon. And then the yeah. Duras sisters plan to take that trilithium after, they, after um, they get paid from him and then possibly use it or, or, or use it as a weapon and retake the Klingon High Council, which I believe is still run by Gauron at this time. Right. Yeah. And then, um, so yeah, he needs to try lithium to blow up a star to push the planet in the path of the rhythm, which is a significant change in the trajectory of the way <laughs> the star system works, which, yeah. by the way, that's utterly ignored. That's kind of a Star Trek sin. <laughs> a little bit. Because you're yeah. on a planet that the sun gets destroyed and it gets pushed and the ribbon hits you guys, but you never quite feel like that planet is undergoing horrible gravitational changes when the sun is destroyed because the sun is responsible for the way everything is rotating in the system, right? I know right. we're getting really into the minutiae here, but it is Star Trek. The only the only bone I'll throw it there is that pretty quickly after it being shifted, which is also probably a stretch, right. uh, the ribbon hits the planet. So maybe they they were able to get taken into the nexus before they really felt the ramifications of it. But sure. at the same time, sure. a bit of a stretch. I'm sure they said that when they were throwing the shit at the whiteboard. <laughs> exactly. Ronald Moore's <laughs> like, you know, they'll, they'll just be in there quick enough. You fuck it. It's Star Trek. Whatever. Come on. <laughs> you should be saying fuck it. It's Star Wars where we have bombs that fall in space. <laughs> Yeah, magnet right. bombs or whatever. I don't fucking know. Whatever. But um, so they're like, oh, this this station, right? That's it. And they send, you know, this is that moment where, where Picard's like, all right, Riker, you investigate. I'll be in my ready room. And he's like, well, sir. And he's like, do it. Just do it. Leave me the fuck alone. Not saying anything to anyone about what's actually happening. Yeah, it's an observatory. Took a beating. And uh, survivors, yeah. only five. Out of a complement of 19. Tiny little life forms. <laughs> yeah. This is, yeah, we should talk about, you know, the subplot with Data here. Receiving his emotion chip. This is the one. Yeah, because this, this becomes apparent as soon as they beam over to the station. Oh, yeah. Because he's so shitty at practical jokes, he's like, well, I better actually learn some emotions so I can grasp the idea of humor. He's one of the best actors on the show. Oh, he's, yeah, he's great. Brent Spiner's right. fantastic. He's, pro- he's probably the second best actor on the show. Next to Stuart. Yeah. I'm good, dude. I'm gonna say is even in this movie, even though I'm not as high on this as you know other Trek movies, I it's a good reminder that I I think Patrick Stewart is probably the best singular actor that's been on a Star Trek show and movies, period. Like he's uh, fucking phenomenal. He, for sure. And and uh and, and Brett Spiner's pretty close to being second. Because I yeah. think he's better than Jonathan Frakes. Frakes is he's he's made a fucking living, man. Like he can do it. They all can do it. <laughs> but um that's my phrase. No, I mean that's no, yeah. you know what I'm saying. I do. Yeah, he's he's fine. He's good. Dude, if we could be the Jonathan Franks of podcasting, we would be crushing it. So I'm not <laughs> I'm not be it. I'm not be smirching the man. Absolutely not. Factor fiction. He's done so much great shit. I yeah. love him. Yeah. Anyway, um they get over there to, to to see what exactly happened. And that's when we find Soren. And he's a little <laughs> disheveled, he's a little confused. And they mm-hmm. jerk and pull him, just in case he has a neck injury, out of the rubble. <laughs> Grab him by his hair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be a I'm gonna be a gross man for a second. Mm-hmm. This is prime Gates McFadden. <laughs> yes, she yeah. is beautiful, dude. I, I She's, yeah. I mean, obviously, everybody talks about Marina Sirtis. She's beautiful. Everybody knows this. Everybody knows this. But <laughs> it's true. Gates McFadden looked amazing. Yeah. How yeah, old man. is she? Fifty? <laughs> yeah. Oh no, she can't be here. Mid forties. I'd be shocked. Yeah, probably. Yeah, early. 40s, At least forty-five. You I'm think? Gonna say. Yeah. Well, we have a crazy tool at our disposal. It's the sum of all human knowledge. Well, I'd rather just blather endlessly and guess. 1949. Damn. When did this movie come out? 94. Oh, okay. So 99 would make her 50. Do the math. Holy shit. All right. I guess so. I guess you're about right. Yeah, so mid-40s. She looks wonderful. Very good. Oh, yeah. One of my early redhead crushes, for sure. And, uh, you know, being an amazing dancer probably helps her maintain her fitness. (laughs) <laughs> but which is funny because you know the the scene where the Dura sisters like human females are so disgusting <laughs> repulsive <laughs> repulsive uh, anyway uh, so back to our man Soren yes indeed he he is saying he has an uh, urgent message for Picard Riker delivers this to Picard that he needs to speak with you he says he says absolutely you know cannot wait right so the only thing I don't recall on this, and, and, and maybe if I think about it for a minute, I will know, but what happened here? Was this attack mm-hmm. staged? I believe so. Okay, yeah, I, I think thought this was so. Cord- I think when the Klingons came in, they dropped Soren off, and he was like pretending to be like, oh, I'm just an injured man. Right. Because this isn't, to, to, because it's a little confusing. Because remember, the Dura sisters attacked a Romulan outpost to steal the Trilithium. This was, oh, this was the Romulans coming to get it back. Oh, yeah, you know That's yeah, what right. it was. Right. They, dude, they fucking put the Tal Shiar secret agents on that shit. You don't want to fuck with those mm-hmm. Romulans. And they're like, let's go retrieve our trilithium that was stolen. So they came and attacked this outpost, I think, and he managed to survive. Oh, then I guess, yeah. yeah. It wasn't a plan. He actually yeah. did survive. You know, I think that's survive. what happened. I'm, I'm a ding-dong. I should have known that. Because yeah, we, we see too. the nice dead Romulan. Romulans. Romulans. Yeah. The filthy green bloods. Yeah. Dirty fucking proto-Vulcans. <laughs> Romulan's rule, by the way. But um, <laughs> true. So yeah, let's talk subplots. Our boy Data. Yeah, yeah. He wants to take the leap. This is like getting a little bit closer to humanity for him. He's been considering it for months, and he wants Jordy uh, to pop that emotion chip in. Right. And this is um, coming uh, because of his interaction with Beverly Crusher when they were doing Worf's promotion, which was he threw in the water. And she didn't find it as funny as he did. And I got to be honest with you, when Jordy's like, I would stay away from her for a while. Really? Should you? Is she taking that much offense to being pushed in the water by a robot? To being ro- pushed into imaginary holographic water. That's warm by a robot man who doesn't <laughs> know, huh? By fucking Pinocchio. Give me a break. <laughs> right. By their silly tin man. She's <laughs> their good hearted boy. Imagine she goes and she data, get out right now. I do not want to talk to you. Be like, what the fuck? Chill out. You dumb bitch. I pushed you into fake water. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, and everyone's like, oh, that's horrible. Was it? 
<laughs> not one of those I mean, crewmen is laughing. Should, not one of those guys dressed as a pirate was cracking up on the deck. He should have just like swept her legs out from under. She like cracks her head on the boat. She's like, oh, and he's like, ah, oh, falling down is funny. Yes, mates. Like, just make it a little worse, at least. He tie kicks her in the leg. Her leg just folds in half. And he <laughs> just throws her, her overboard. Holy shit, Data. That is not Data. funny. Uh, uh, she can't be hurt by the hologram, but she can be hurt by you, Data. Fuck. <laughs> That's not, this isn't funny. He just <laughs> takes violence, then everything, like, he just becomes the Joker, basically. <laughs> Dude, on that note, too, Brent Spiner would have been a hell of a Joker. Yeah, he's great, man. Picard, uh, oh. Picard championed him for Emmys, but never happened. Bastards. Yeah. Sci-fi hating bastards. So anyway, he's just like, I need to know like, how to not be a fucking ding-dong, right? Like, <laughs> I gotta not, right? That is the line to Jordy. <laughs> I need to know how to not be such a ding-dong. Jordy, I feel socially retarded. <laughs> Please put the chip in. Um, uh, I but he gets it. I want to be like the rest of my body, not re- <laughs> retarded. Sorry, I'm done. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not. I'm not doing it. Glittery and white. For 34 years, I've endeavored to become more human, to grow beyond my original programming. Hmm. <laughs> Even after plowing Tashiar, I still struggle with basic human concepts such as humor. By the way, not a basic concept. Yeah, truth be told, it's a very track. difficult concept. Actually, <laughs> just listen to one right, podcast becomes pretty clear. <laughs> and what does he do to test out the emotions? Drink shitty alcohol that he hates. Look at you moving. I like it, dude. <laughs> Oof, he says. You don't want to see grumpy Picard? I like it. We go right to 10 forward. <laughs> I love right through. I, lo- I love the- We're going to fucking Kool-Aid man this whole movie. Yeah, he's like, oh, ooh, I hate this. <laughs> this is what I mean. Spider-Man, give him some rope. Let him do something, man. Yeah. Let him jump Let up him and play. down a little bit, right? Let him do some <laughs> twirls. He- he's good. <laughs> he's good, man. He's good, man. But yes, he discovers that he hates alcohol. I hate it. It tastes awful. And he keeps drinking it. Has a strong opinion about something. <laughs> Emotional reaction. <laughs> this is just good acting by him. He's funny. And these moments with with uh, with Brett Spiner, I actually dig. Yeah. No, he's, he's a good part of this movie. Yeah. <clears throat> so uh, for subplots, we kind of just have, I wouldn't even say, uh, to be perfectly honest with you, I think Kirk is a subplot. He is. He, he is. He's not really yeah. using the movie. He's probably like, I don't want to fucking do these anymore. I thought <laughs> I was done with First Contact. I did the little signature at the end of that movie. That was it. Oh, uh, Remember all their signatures? Undiscovered? Undiscovered. Country. Undiscovered, yeah. I thought I was done. <laughs> I thought I was done and I could sit down. And now I'm back. <laughs> you hold me back. so far, I hate this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I hate all the fans and I hate science fiction. Um, I actually like Kirk more at the end of the movie than I did in the beginning of the movie. I, I have complicated feelings with Kirk's death, which of course we'll get to later. Oh yeah. That, that's the big thing. That was always the kind of the, the real wedge in this movie for Star Trek fans of like, were you satisfied with fucking James Tiberius Kirk's death or not? No. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> um, no, but it was still sad for me when I first saw it, but oh, we'll, for sure. we'll cover yeah. that. Uh, Picard basically tells Saren what's up. He says, after, you got to wait. But time Dude, is very I, important for my experiment, Captain. I love Patrick Stewart when he fucking shouts, man. I'm Dude. sorry. It's just so fucking good. Or he's it's like, good. we'll have enough time. Or he's like, we'll have enough time. Like reiterating, like Dude. talking over him. Yeah. He's so, uh, he's so fucking commanding. He is. He's great. Time and is also, the fire in which we burn. 
<laughs> dude, that McDowell, line right man, there. He's a poet. What's that? He's a poet. I like McDowell. He's a good I actor. Know. And that, to be honest, I feel like that line's slightly silly, but coming out of McDowell, ah, he fucking sells it. Yeah, because like, the way he tense. It's his patois, right? Oh, yeah. It's the way he says shit. Time is they the final which we can. <laughs> <laughs> I do love his voice. Like, I wanted, see, that's something I wanted more of too. More interaction between Soren and Picard. Awesome. Like, you have two fucking powerhouse Absolutely. British thespians. You're not going to fucking give them more scenes together to fucking emote and fucking monologue at each other? Absolutely, yeah. I think the one of the missed opportunities is that Soren isn't supposed to be a a physical threat. He should be an intellectual threat. And I think this is where the script just kind of falls flat with him. Yeah, yeah. He could have been an intellectual like menace. And that's one right. of the beauties of Khan. Khan is a physical threat, but he's also an intellectual threat. And remember what we always are fond of saying about Star Trek Wrath of Khan— which, of course, Trekkies know, and the casual fan does not, not once are Kirk and Khan in the same room. Not once. And it works, and they make it work. And I'm not He's saying the tactician. we have to do that. He's like the fucking Napoleon Bonaparte of space. That's right. Like that's, that's what's so fucking kick-ass about him. Right, and I feel like there's a lot of potential here with Sarn. I think if you flesh out... Part of the problem with Sarn is Sarn. I see potential there, and I think probably a lot of that is because of Malcolm McDowell. Yeah. But yeah, they no, just I agree. didn't really flesh him what, out like, as a villain. It, 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 there's so much like tease of a good character in here. You're like, ah, he looks cool. He sounds cool. It's fucking Malcolm McDowell. I like the idea of his obsession, you know, leading to I don't care what I ruin or kill to get what I want. But we don't really get to chew on what he really wants all that much. It's just kind of, ah, I'm just doing a thing because I want to. Right. Right. He don't, we don't get that moment of like, oh, like with Khan in in – they find him on the oh, planet, yeah. and he's lost his beloved. And and Montalban, the way he just sort of oof, like he abandoned me, <laughs> right, oh, man? So fucking good. Yeah, and, but if we could have gotten a little like some of that for this character, and it doesn't have to be obviously Montalban is an overactor, but that's what's that's what's compelling about Khan. He, you would imagine Khan would almost be that way, totally. And, yeah, and you could have a you could have a sort of simmering, icy blue eyed. McDowell. You could have done a lot with him, I, th- I think. I agree. Which I agree. comes I back to like his plot, right? It, it, yeah. It's just such a weird, strong git that you just kind of don't use. You know, it's like you get Max von Sydow to be your enemy and he's in the movie for two minutes. And you're like, well, what the fuck? You got Max von Sydow? That's all you did with him? Right. Right. The movie spends more time with um, with Data's subplot, which I like, but yeah. it's... It, it's you know, it's, you know, it malfunctions, it fuses itself to his head. And, you know, Spiner got an opportunity here. Spiner's like, I'm in a fucking movie. You know, that, you bringing that up kind of just made me think about something that I feel like these movies and, and every Star Trek movie going forward, minus the J.J. Abrams stuff, you know, had to struggle with that the original movies didn't. The original movies came after the show. Correct. There was no Star Trek on television. Uh, and it just became continued via the movies. As soon as you get the next generation in, the show's still on. And so there's this weird compulsion that they kind of had to to deal with of we have to fit this into the show's timeline. We have to give characters on the show, you know, we have to continue the arcs that are even on the show and, and expand on that and give them these moments in the movie instead of being able to just let it be the singular story of this movie. And I think maybe that's why it's kind of like these movies get a little more like awkward. Like, because they're having to fit it into a show timeline, kind of. I don't know if that's actually accurate. 
Okay. I mean, I'm totally, absolutely theorizing out of my ass, but no, it's okay. And there's, and I, and I applaud you for it. But I'm pretty sure it ended in '94. The, the series. Did it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure because I was in high school. Maybe so. Damn, yeah, I, I think I it thought ended there was the still like another season came or two. I don't think so. Yeah, um, what, could be what, right, you, what you might be confusing is DS9 was already going when Next Gen was going. Yes, which is pretty that's cool. True. The DS9 yeah. was was a thing because we see Picard go to DS9 in the first episode and Wolf 359 is I believe it's the last couple seasons there. But um yeah, it's Yeah, I, you're I'm, right. The last season was 94. So it, it was it yeah. did end. I just remember being in high school when I watched all good things um part 1 and 2. But um but yeah. So yeah, it's okay. We still work it, buddy. <laughs> now you can put your Star Trek card on the table next to mine since I thought the singing was a nemesis. So we will fail together, Matthew. There we are. I will not <laughs> let you fail. die alone. <laughs> Fail spectacular. <laughs> um, so the question becomes, is it a little too much with data? A little too cute? A little bit. You know, that's, yeah, I, I, I think so. Is even though I'm with you as far as, yeah, and as much as I even like it, and I like watching Brent Spiner just get, you know, fucking scenery to chew on and get to play with this character, it might be a little too much. Like, might be a little too much. Because, I mean, that is a difficult, even though, like, my theory is basically wrong, <laughs> I do think there is this temptation of, all right, well, the show's over, but they're going to want to see the kind of continuation and wrap-up of these TV show characters' arcs within the movies, instead of just being like, nope, it's a movie, here's the movie story, and here's the focus, and our characters are just, you know, characters within the movie story. I feel like there's a little bit of that like inertia from the show. And yeah. I feel like that's that's kind of why data gets a lot. Yeah. If I yeah. Had to speculate. I, part of the problem is that data's subplot is is pretty cool because we like data. But the if you start taking the ratio of data screen time to Soren screen time in the in the plots they both play or are supposed to play in the main thrust of the movie, we got a little imbalance here. Yeah. Yeah. A that's little honestly something here. I've been thinking about more generally about movies that might be an interesting thing to do more of in the future is actually, you know, I mean, I'm sure we could look it up instead of actually fucking measuring it ourselves, but finding out how much screen time certain characters or certain plots get in the movie. Cause that is kind of revealing sometimes when you're like, Oh, this character seems a little underused. And when you look at like the time like, that they're on screen, you're like, Oh, they were only on screen five minutes in this entire movie. That's why they felt unused. They right. really were reduced. Yes. And, and you know, it's funny that there is, I don't, I don't know if, I don't, you know, I don't know if, um, what am I trying to say? I don't know if that's always indicative of, what am I trying to say? Screen, low screen time does not always indicate a problem with a particular character if they have a very impactful short time. True. It's just, is it done well or not? Right. Like you could probably take some, some villains and be like, wow, we only ever see them for like a few seconds, but boy we waited and they were built up and when they were revealed we go wow and i think of that in science fiction like i don't know i don't know who would be an example of that but but um yeah but it is interesting because i think sometimes we take it for granted we go how much time is he actually like of all the movie we're watching how much time is this guy doing his thing to give us a sense of who he is to see if we can have an interesting connection to this bad guy yeah Khan yeah. gets a ton of time. <laughs> Soren, not so much. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah, it's weird. But anyway, Data has some issues. He kind of freaks out. And then um, Soren shows up. And Data gets <laughs> scared and he can't save his friend. And I do, I do oh, actually I like, that. like that. I like that like too. The, 
the very first time you ever felt mortal fear, having a fucking gun pointed at, yeah, it probably would be overwhelming. Correct. Uh, you know, and after before that, he'd already had like just a fit of laughter completely overtake his processor, and he just like collapses. So they're already they're wanting to get back just to get him out of there. But the <sighs> the that area of the the observatory they're in has a weird dampening on their communications and he oh, probably surprise surprise there's soren he probably fired it up i bet i bet oh, he yeah. was sneaking around and he and he kicked one on which is really creepy you go wait totally. a minute somebody's that's a cool kind of creepy moment but i was thinking you know i'm thinking more a little bit more about data and i think you know this presenting his fear and his inability to save his friend Jordy and then the guilt surrounding that, especially when they find out the Dura sisters have him and he kind of puts his head down in shame later on the bridge. It would have been cool if he sort of overcame that fear in a pivotal moment in the episode, right? Or in in the movie. It's almost like we didn't really, it's like we, we, we created this great thread here and we just never quite tied it off. Well, they and they also they they want to make the conclusion of this thread not him overcoming his emotions, but accepting controlling it. them, accepting it. Like, yeah. and I'm like, yeah, I mean, I get it. That's interesting, but I, I I kind of agree with your point of like, there it would have been cool for him to step up. It, actually, hell, there's even a setup for it. If you there think is. about it, where there is. where yeah, where Picard's like, you know, sometimes courage is an emotion. You know, to him for to have to summon courage in another life or death moment and, and overcome it. I'm like, yeah, that kind of would have been a nice cap on this on this moment of failure earlier mm-hmm. something about card the courage to try right but um well we'll talk about that that's one of my favorite scenes in the movie when they're in stellar cartography yeah it's cool it's actually one of my favorite scenes in the movie but let, let's talk about let's talk about picard let's talk about Stuart kind of breaking down here with this scene with him and um in troy Ah, uh, i dig it man he's fucking patrick stewart can turn it on can make me feel mm, he's good man it's a good actor. He's really good. <clears throat> and this, I mean, I would even the, the argue this devastation is a, of this kind oh, of yeah. feeling of 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 yeah, this is brutal, man. This is like it really is thinking of just thinking like like he's saying all the things Renee will never get to do. Yeah, and I'll, and just the fact too that they add so much like un finished business here with the way he describes it all that I really love where he's talking about his brother. He's like, he was always so pompous and arrogant and hard mm-hmm. to you know, get along with. And we've met him both. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. The episode after the Borg shit, man. Oh, fucking crazy. But yeah, no, and he <clears throat> talks about it. He's like, but, but my nephew, his son, so gentle, so curious and, and intellectual. And I could you know get along with him. And that's when he breaks down where he talks about, he was so gentle and kind and, he breaks down and and has this moment of like if I knew when I knew I wasn't going to have children, I basically settled on this. He's probably the closest I would have to a son of my own. Sure, and as, and especially what he goes on to talk about of the Picard line mm-hmm. that I wasn't going to have children, but at least there was my nephew Renee who would go on and continue the Picard family. And he's right. like, now that that's done, I'm the last. Right, uh, crazy, that's fucking heavy. He talks about the fucking Picard that, you know, the Picard who fought at Trafalgar. I know. All He's, the way to now, into space. Yeah. Nobel Prize, Trafalgar, uh, Martian Colony. He, he has a very um, prestigious family. Exactly. It's tragic. Probably it's really couple, tragic. Probably a couple of rapers in there. <laughs> a couple burnouts. Yeah. Come on. They're not all fucking perfect, those Picards. I want to see a couple of little dirt on their bald heads. Hey, I'm Skyler Picard, and I smoke menthols. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> My name's Mario Picard. I did seven years for extortion. <laughs> <laughs> Racketeering, collusion. And murder one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we don't talk about those Picards. <laughs> anyway, after his moment, um, he uh, goes to the bridge. Marina Sirtis is good here, too. I, I, I would imagine yeah. she was moved by Patrick Stewart's performance. Right. At least right. that's what I like to imagine. Speaking of pulling shit out of my ass, I know what she's thinking. Get <laughs> the fuck out of here, you goddamn bullshitter. <laughs> <laughs> but I do I do like her, because it's almost like she knows that somebody has to give him permission to fucking feel bad. Sure. He's like, it's it's all right. These these things happen. She's like, no, it's not. Like you can you can feel this sorrow and that this was unfair and mm-hmm. sad and terrible. Like you don't have to just, you know, fucking chin up, keep going. Like you can have you can live in this for a moment and feel it. Right. So he gets called into this emergency and the report is a quantum implosion within the Amagosa star and a nuclear fusion is beginning to break down on the sun. How is this possible? Well, it shows that the uh, solar probe was launched a few moments ago. So something was fired into the sun and it's starting to collapse. Ugh. I mean, that is actually really badass. A single rocket that can initiate a chain reaction in a sun to completely make it go nova. It's awesome. Uh, that That's reminds me of Star Wars, actually. I believe right. the ship is called the Sun Crusher. Oh, we talked about that before. Yeah. Dude. It's an expanded universe Star Wars. Yeah. Developed the Ma installation, right? Doesn't Kip Duran end up flying it? Mm, don't know. Kip <laughs> Duran was a Jedi I always dug. God, I got to get back to my Star Wars um, uh, expanded universe reading days. I put them on the shelf with everything else. Uh, Star Wars expanded universe podcast. Hmm. Huh. Hmm. hmm. That's worth thinking about. Interesting. Yeah, Sun Crusher it was called. Sun Crusher, most powerful super weapon. Sun Crusher was nearly indestructible craft. Yeah, it was cool. Tight. And it was Kip Duran. That's my guy. Yeah, <laughs> Kip Duran. All right. Anyway, back to Star Trek. See, I'm not one of those fucking jerk offs who's like, I can't like one or the other. Oh, fuck that yeah, shit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We've talked about the that two before. greatest Star, you know, sci- sci-fi fan franchises. You're gonna pick one and not the other. Get fucked. Yeah. People, <clears throat> I love Babylon Fire screaming at you right now. Um, <laughs> it's any, just as good <laughs> truth be told I hear it's actually really excellent yeah, I used to like it I, it's been a long time I, I'd like to just watch the whole thing I, I'm very unversed on it but um, back to Jordy getting captured right mm. getting hauled aboard the, the fucking Klingon vessel dude Klingon vessel whenever you hear we got a bird of prey decloaking off the port bow I get a little movement in my jeans. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And every fucking Federation dick goes real flaccid. That's right. (gasps) I love that, dude. Just from the outset, they already can tell that this is an older model of a a bird of prey. It is not a match for their ship. But that doesn't change the fact that they are unnerved by the fact, oh, fuck, it was right there. Klingons are here. Like, holy shit. Like, that is still how much of a a presence and a danger they are. It's so badass. It is. and, and, And that's the beauty of the way they engage in naval warfare in the Klingon Defense Force, which is like, okay, what if there's, he's, it's a scout. What if there's more? There could be a vanguard coming. They're all cloaked near you. There's oh, always that so that good. tension. Like how many more are decloaking? You know, the Romulans would do that. They would they'd decloak a couple and then there's a couple more waiting in the wings. It's so good. But they move quick. They are a skillful crew. 
the Dura sisters got them guys humming, man, because they come out, beam, they decloak, beam, cloak, and they bounce. That's it. So and badass. They all have to get out of there because of the shockwave. <laughs> yeah, because the, the shockwave is, is going to decimate everything. Even even the Enterprise has to blast off. But I, one of my favorite villain moments for Soren in this is that he walks onto the fucking deck of the Klingon Dude. ship. And, and the, one of the Dura sisters is like, you've done it, Soren. And he just fucking smacks her into the wall. <laughs> like, damn, dude. Yeah, and I mean, he immediately gets grabbed by like six Klingons who by are about the way, to just shiv him. Yeah, how many Klingons are on this boat? A bunch. A ton. Out. What yeah. the fuck, dude? There's Honestly, so I, many. I think it must be that. I mean, am I am I off here? I'm trying. I don't remember the Durasistas super clearly, but they're they're like a renegade faction, essentially, right? Uh yeah. I mean, they they come so they they were um the house Duras was a was a pretty big house, and that whole thing goes down in the next gen, which yeah. is which is when um uh, Picard actually becomes a mitigator, a shadich, I think they call him. Mm-hmm. But um, he, uh, you, you have to watch it. It's the whole sins of the father thing. I think that's kind of where it starts. Right. I believe right. it starts. It's the, it's the whole, it's the whole Kempek comes over and the discombination of Worf, which then le- leads to um, the Duras want to, you know, they want to take over the council and then they get into redemption the redemption right. episodes and all because, that. Because yeah, shit. they're they're the Klingons that are against the the Klingon Empire being you know allied with the Federation. They're like fuck the Federation. Kind of not not as they don't love the Federation interference, right? Gotcha. But they were um. What 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 dishonors them is they're responsible for the Kittimer massacre, which oh, okay. was blamed on Moog, which was Worf's father originally. Okay. Yeah, it's worth checking in that in in. And the du- the Duras, one of the things the Duras did, which is kind of vile, is they they had some they had some dealings with the Romulans, which isn't anything the Klingons love. But yeah, right. I'm pretty because because Worf kills. Um, I think his name's I don't remember his name. I think he just goes by Duras. Okay. But yeah, so well, my only real thought there was just that I I thought that they were you know kind of like some of the Klingons back in uh, Undiscovered Country, where they're like they are against the the. Uh, Klingon, you know, empire making any deals with the Federation. And so they're out to kind of sabotage that and take back over the Klingon empire so that maybe their ship is a little more uh, fitted out with dudes who feel the same way. Like these are, these are the Klingons who are like, yeah, fuck the, the, the order of things currently. We want to ride with you guys to uh, help destabilize that whole relationship. Right. Um, I'm starting to get a little confused now. Uh-oh. Boy, we're we're going deep nerd on this shit. No, because the Duran sisters show up in Deep Space Nine. How is that possible? There was some overlap with uh, TNG in Deep Space Nine, though. Huh? Yeah, I guess. I've got it, I've got it actually right here in front of me. They, they they appear in two episodes of Next Gen: Redemption Parts One and Two, Firstborn, and then one episode of Deep Space Nine: Past Prologue. And then they're in you know Star Trek Generations. So that's yeah. it. They're not in a ton. Hmm. I'm trying to think of how they survive, how they show up in Deep Space Nine. Rubik's cube, we fucking no, no, no. Relax, everyone's listening, (laughs) everyone's having a good time. I think I'm just trying to figure out how did they survive the destruction of that bird of prey if they appear later in the timeline in Deep Space Nine, unless it right? Yeah, I don't know. Huh? I don't know. Maybe maybe it makes sense. Maybe it does line up. Yeah, maybe it was, yeah. maybe it was a writer fuck up. I, I don't know. Uh, I don't think so. I I feel like maybe maybe that was an earlier season of Deep Space Nine, and I'm just kind of mis- misremembering. I don't know. 
Also, I'm seeing real quick here, they have an appearance in the 1998 computer game, Star Trek Next Generation Klingon Honor Guard, which is a fucking first-person shooter that has the Unreal Engine where you play Klingons killing each other in an arena. Yes, dude. Where the fuck was that? I want that. Yes. Yes, That sounds fucking dope. Yep. Shit. I'm looking at pictures of it now. (laughs) It looks really good. Ah. Anyways. Anyways. lost on that. You could. But um, the 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 Dura sisters thing, the, their death, I guess, must line up correctly then, because otherwise it would be a big a big fucking problem, a big silly problem, yeah, yeah. Because um, the DS nine and the next gen overlap is I don't know what seasons exactly, but um, I never remember all this. I've fucking eight hundred thousand things to remember. <laughs> so much, yeah. All right, I'll tell you that right now. Season six, actually, is season one of Deep Space Nine. Uh, oh, okay. Season seven is, okay, now this is starting to make more sense then as to why the Jorah sisters would probably be dead then, right? Because Generations, the movie, is during Deep Space Nine season three. Voyager season one. Huh. Oh, There's interesting timelines here. Yeah, pretty cool. That's 2371. So... 2371 is Generations, Deep Space Nine Season 3, and Voyager Season 1. So yeah, the name, then, yeah, then I'm, I'm guessing that you don't see the Duras sisters in Season 4, 5, 6, and 7. (laughs) Since (laughs) they died in Season 3, basically. All right, so that makes more sense to me. I had to figure it out. I had to, I had to know the exact timing there. (laughs) That aneurysm was fucking swelling. I was like, no, I just couldn't let it go. Couldn't, I was a dog on a bone, doggy. Anyway, (laughs) um, yeah, there's a million Klingons on the ship. I hope for your sake you're initiating a mating ritual. God, what I would have killed her to be like, oh, I was. Mm-hmm. Hop on. <laughs> Spread them. <laughs> this um, is where we, yeah, we find out about the, their, their intentions of making a weapon out of the Trilithium, because I guess he only needs a small part of it. Right. And uh, that's where they're like, oh, well, we'll fucking, we will take back the Klingon High Council. So, yeah. This is starting to make this is starting to make more sense now as we think timelines, I guess. Right. Yeah. And also and back aboard the Enterprise, they're finding more out about Soren. This is kind of what I was talking about of we get a lot of of characters talking about Soren without so much from Soren himself. You know, we get uh, Crusher saying that he's Elarian, he's over three hundred years old, and he was one of the people rescued uh by the Enterprise B. And, you know, and that's when uh Riker notes like that's the mission where Kirk was killed. And what's going on with her setup here? She's what do like, you mean? She's like, oh, hey, Captain. He's like, a lot of candles lit. And she's in her oh, fucking oh, robe and all the candles. She's like, yeah, I'm just going to lay down. And uh, I was thinking about rubbing one out to that, uh, to that Florida Gator softball team. That third baseman's hot. <laughs> Got my old back massager out. <laughs> this is, this is, I'm, I'm not on shift right now. This is Keenan's time. She's like, I got some, uh, some great, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she's just like, what do we, did you say Geenan? Is it Geenan or Guinan? I Guinan. can't remember. Guinan. Guinan. But he ex- oh, what, explain what she explains, the Nexus. We've kind of already explained it, but she's just <laughs> basically saying it to Picard. Right. I mean, she's saying that's not some random phenomena. It's it's basically a, a, a infinite, timeless place that, you know, and she doesn't really even get into the nature of it, which is also another kind of weird thing about this movie. The Nexus is just like an unexplained thing but she's like it's a place that i didn't want to leave so we know that she was also there at some point 
Um, but that if anything, you know, Soren is not obsessed with power or money or weapons or revenge of any kind. He is singularly obsessed with getting back into the Nexus. And that's, that's in a way is kind of presented here as it's only true danger, that it, it's something that will suck you in and you, like we were saying, will be unable to summon the willpower to, to leave. Yeah. Why would he destroy a star? And why she just kind of looks at him. She doesn't know. Yeah, don't know. She's like, but I don't she, actually know anything. I just said right. crazy fucking voodoo shit. <laughs> About this fucking Soren guy I saw once. <laughs> what? What do you want from me? Fuck. Uh, oh, all Elarians look the same, huh? Huh, yep. Picard? She does tell him he will not care about anything. That's right. And she's saying he's a dangerous man because of this obsession. And mm-hmm. to be honest, this is the problem with Soren as a villain. Right. He's got this singular obsession that is only loosely explained, you know, like we said, this idea of he really wants to get back into the Nexus. And the movie only implies, which I think they should have gone a little further, but implies that he wants to be reunited with his family that he lost to the Borg. Yep. That's it. That's why he's willing to fucking slaughter a civilization to get that. Here's something I didn't know. Whoopi Goldberg asked Gene Rodman for a role in Star Trek The Next Generation because she was a huge fan. She was given the role of Guinan, the head of the Ten Forward Lounge. Her character was named for legendary entertainer nightclub owner Texas Guinan. Huh, I did not know this. That's cool. She must be uh, somebody very famous and important. <laughs> and then we have uh, our guy, uh, Soren. By the way, this does this not strike you of uh, to, to, to see LeVar Burton looking like he's back in Roots again? <laughs> What's your name, Jordy? Is it Jordy? Good again. <laughs> no, your name is Jordy. Now I have your visor. I'm going to do weird things with it. <laughs> I'm going to rub things on it. <laughs> and this is this is actually, to be honest, a weird fucking scene. Like this, it feels like ah, we need to have another like villain being bad scene. But he's just kind of a dick for a second. Let's say he's like ah, don't you want to look normal, weirdo? That's yeah. about it. <laughs> this is a. This speaks to the Gen X heart. A refusal to be normal from the old guys back in the day. I'll never conform. We won't be normal. What the fuck's normal? What's that even mean? (laughs) Fuck your normal, baby boomer. Anyway, um, actually, he's probably older than a baby boomer. Truth be told. But um, anyway, he um, they're gonna do some spying. This 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 visor is starting to become an intelligent sieve, and I think we need to just get you new normalize. Okay. <laughs> time to get those implants like you get time in the later to, movies. Time to become normal, Jordy. <laughs> Norm up, weirdo. <laughs> How dare you be blind? Doctor, yeah. That, that, they they get to a point where they're like, all right, this is getting stupid. We can go <laughs> right. warp we can go warp nine and like repair people's hearts with knives all the way through them. Like we probably should fix his eyeballs. <laughs> Can we just put new fancy robot eyes in there? Like, we've had that technology for like a hundred years. <laughs> Alan in the chat, why didn't Soren just go to a holotech? <laughs> Dude, fucking A. That Good. Funny. Goddamn shit, point, Alan. That, <laughs> I mean, that's what the Nexus is anyway. Some fancy simulacrum of like, ah, oh, this is all the things I like. I'm like, yeah, we can just write that for you in a holodeck and you can just live there and jerk off forever. Whatever. That's why so you gotta kill funny. people? So funny. Silly. It's <laughs> a really good point. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's funny, Holodeck, Nexus. Th- this smacks of, this part of this movie smacks of our man, Ron Moore, doesn't it? Which is the, things are not what they seem. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. illusions and their their allure. Sure. Totally. 
So let's talk about the stellar cartography moment. Looks fucking cool. Looks cool. It's a really cool set. I also like, I just, this is, this is Star Trek television shit right here, isn't it? Yes. These two guys figuring shit out by talking. This is what I come here for, man. This is what Mm -hmm. we're talking, like, this is, this is kind of the scene we could highlight as far as like, well, so why don't you like the, the J.J. Abrams movies as much? They're still Star Trek, right? I'm like, they're not this. They're not this. And like, I would argue that it goes even further into like the political stuff and the diplomacy and the negotiations. That's also extremely Star Trek. But I like just the focus here is the science. Like, all right, what scans do we need to do? What information do we need to gather to suss out what's really going on here and what this person's plan is? You know, we don't find it out just by some, you know, somebody telling us or some random clue that just gives away everything. We have to piece it together with science and leadership leadership science yeah, his, and leadership his uh, robot boy's having this fucking emotional breakdown right in the middle of it he's like i need you to be a good computer data right get your shit together there is precedent though for him to be relieved of command for a little while you're basically a child exactly yeah emotionally like, he's, he's not, we're not i like how picard like steps him up but if i want to be nitpicky i'll say that like mm-hmm. data might you might want to decommission him for a second because he doesn't quite have the emotional frame. It's it's like one of the things we talked a lot about with um with Blade Runner was the Nexus Sixes, the the Ray, the Roy Baddies of the world. Yeah, not really having a frame of reference to understand their emotions because they're literally five years old. Literally, yeah. and they've only had emotions and feelings for five or six years. They die at like seven years or something. So, like, they're children, they're petulant. You can't tell them no. They're five. They're not going to listen right. to you. They're five, and they can beat the shit out of you. <laughs> Everything that you right. think is impressive to a five-year-old is not to them. Right, right. It's a little different with Data because he has so much knowledge, but it's not It's not crazy that Data's like, I want to be relieved, right? I mean, it makes it makes sense. It makes sense that he would, and, and for story purposes and cool Picard leadership purposes, it makes sense that he would sort of get him his head out of his ass. Right. I mean, I'd love that right here, what he chooses to do. He is kind to him at first and gentle where he's like, I have nothing but sympathy for you. Like, I understand that this is a very new and troubling feeling and issue for you. But I like when, you know, when data pipes up with like, I demand to be deactivated. I can't, I don't want these emotions anymore. And he's like, you will not be deactivated period. That Mm -hmm. is a fucking order. And do your job, basically. <laughs> like you, you, we all deal with this and do our jobs, and you are too. That's part of you know. He knows that he has to learn that. Like he pushes right. them in, 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 pushes him into this hard lesson of this is uncomfortable and a struggle for you right now. But you're going to do your job anyway because sure. we all fucking do. I require you to perform your duty. Now that is an order, Commander. And he's just like, mm-hmm. yes, sir. <laughs> Sometimes it takes courage to try, Data, and courage can be an emotion too. Uh, soup so fucking good. In the Alan in the uh, in the chat says Trek is also a TV thing. I wouldn't like this movie at all if I didn't have seven years of attachment to these characters. It's a fair point. It is, but it's also a paradox. Mm. Not to get philosophical, will you, Alan? But you don't actually know that. You only <laughs> think that, right? Mm-hmm. I think it's not a too far of a jump of speculation to think that if you weren't a. Uh, fan of the series you're not gonna be as invested in this movie yes i know what you're saying academically i'm just saying Mm. specifically we don't really know if we would yeah yeah to say you wouldn't like it oh no i don't yeah i don't think you could say you would or wouldn't but i think you're you're less likely to be as invested fair enough and i'm and i'm 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 nitpicking the listeners now that's what i do 
Sometimes I get, we've turned I get, our eyes. I get, from I get the bored, movie you know. I want to nitpick everything now. I blame Game <laughs> of Thrones. No, I'm teasing. But um, so, what do we learn? They well, start. Is, they map. Of, they map the ribbon trajectory. Right, and they they also map the the basically everything that was damaged by that first star uh, exploding and what it what it changed, what it altered. Uh, and this is where they start to realize that the path of the ribbon is being altered by these stars being destroyed. And that's what they realize that Soren is is doing. Awesome. Because he can't like flash up into it. What if he can bring the ribbon to him? And mm-hmm. Picard has the idea, wait a minute, are there any Class M worlds near the path of it? And when they realize where it is, and since he already tipped his hand by destroying one fucking sun, a huge tactical mistake by him, by the way. <laughs> they go, well, he knew oh. he had to. He couldn't he wait on that one. It's true, it's true. So now he's like, oh, wait a minute. If, if, if you know, Star Trek computer gravitational kind of, I guess you would say projections are a thing, we go, ah, so, so cool. the ribbon's going to hit that Class M world. Why Are there any Class M? Why does Class M matter? Because he needs to be able to breathe the fucking oxygen. He needs to be able to That's stand it. there and, and, and let the ribbon take him, basically. Indeed. It, so it begs the question, though, that, could you not sit in a dead ship? Could you not be in a life pod? Could you not be, I mean, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> or even I think uh, Alan also brought up in the chat earlier, like, could you not just teleport directly into its path? Yeah. Eh, eh whatever. Yeah. <laughs> whatever. What, was that, Hang on, what was that crazy noise, by the way? What? I heard a crazy noise at your house. Everything no, probably okay? roommates or people watching TV in the living room. Oh, okay, cool. I, I barely heard him because of your amazing technology, but make <laughs> beautiful microphone and processor. Mm. Mm, yeah, la, 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 la. Let me kiss it again for you. <laughs> Love it. But but um, yeah, we learned two hundred plus million pre-industrial civilization. So it's not like they can evacuate. Right. Well, there are a bunch of tick-infested savages. Let them burn. <laughs> I always say. Uh, you, I believe, Captain. You call them mud people. <laughs> Indeed, much <laughs> like our comrade Wolf. <laughs> They're mud people. Off to the off to the bridge I go. Time to razz that Klingon some more. Yeah, back to the Klingon bird of prey. <laughs> yes, yes. I love how Lurse is just playing with her hair, <laughs> just dicking around. Yeah, <laughs> but this is when he demands to be beamed down to the planet. You know that the junior officers on the bridge are just like, give the fucking order. Oh and yeah, we they're will so ready. Rip this guy apart. <laughs> they they are so close to it earlier. They were just oh. gonna prison shiv him to death in that chair. Also, do we have our second actor from Terminator in this movie? Except Terminator Is One, it? I think that's Brian Thompson. Oh shit, kind of the mouthy male Klingon. I don't know if it is, but it, but goddamn, you that's gotta be him, guys, right? Gotta be Brian Thompson. We can oh, we if only we had God, if an only. endless suppository of knowledge at our fingertips. <laughs> <laughs> impossible dean I'm don't speak sure of science him. fiction <laughs> brian johnson thompson brian thompson i think is his name it's got to be him he's probably uncredited but who knows i'm gonna go with it's him and if i'm wrong eh it's a podcast i don't really care <laughs> <laughs> if i'm wrong fuck this movie it's its fault somehow <laughs> want to go to hell with me pig <laughs> alan in the chat Fucking Cobra. Uh, this is that that cool moment too, where where they they come up on the Klingon ship and like ah we're cloaked they they can't see us and he's like we know what you're up to Klingons <laughs> we we <laughs> fucking know you're up to no good General like, ah, Hale. Shit. 
How many, how many, like, how many dumb Klingons? Like, how many, if there, if there's the Cameron version of Starfleet in the Klingon Defense Force, right? It would, it would be awesome if, if they, he just answered by accident, like, oh, you can see us? No, ha 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 ha. No, I couldn't, silly bitch. Because there's that moment where she's like, he can't see us. And they're like, oh, oh. Because, you, you know, they're talking to you. Like, right. if you're playing the, hide and seek, and I go, I see you, and you go, ah, fuck. And then you come out and go, I didn't actually see you. I was just testing the water. I tricked you. My tricky dick. <laughs> Maybe that's what he was doing. Like, just send out a general hail. I, I see that, you. I totally can. I know where you are. <laughs> that, that's something they probably teach in, like, basic tactics. They're like, hail them. They might reveal themselves not thinking <laughs> thinking you can see them. They forget they they're cloaked. Like, if, think about it. If you're cloaked for a long time. They might be a, a stinky time, mud alien species, and they might fall for your for your wily human tricks. But there's no obvious indicator on the Klingon bridge that you're cloaked, right? It's true. You can still see all your friends. <laughs> you can still see out in space. <laughs> Some of the other dumb Klingons start tiptoeing. They think they can be heard. Oh, <laughs> careful. Yeah, Klingon prayed to the cloak on the port bow, and Picard goes, what? Alan's reminding what? us in the chat, like, yeah, what the hell? Huh? <laughs> what are you doing here? Uh, and then we get a little negotiation with old uh, old Tits McGee over here. Oh, yeah. Prisoner exchange, where Picard, of course, the noble leader he is, offers himself up in exchange for Geordie. Yeah, and by noble leader, you mean... <laughs> Wily tactician trying to get fucking down to down to sword. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes. <laughs> oh shit. So, um, just a side note: the stream ended, and I don't know why. So, oh well. Oh yeah, I left well, the I left the movie play for a while by accident, and I don't know if that's affected it, but it just went off. The stream ended, and according to my OBS software that I'm using here, it's still going because it's at, it, I I can click stop streaming. So um, I'm just going to take a minute. I'm not going to bother editing this. I'm just going to say stream ended. Oops. And don't. Don't, don't know, why. know why. Sorry, Boop. guys. So more, more wrinkles to iron out. See you soon. <laughs> so no longer live. Anyway, well, that was fun while it lasted. I'm glad those people <laughs> showed up for me to get it stopped. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Fucking streaming thing's been annoying lately. But um, so a prisoner exchange, like you said, Picard, Noble, he's going to go. Yes, indeed. I'll beam to your ship and you can beam me to Soren. Right. In, in uh, Bator, she's like, the captain would make a much more valuable hostage. The hot one. That's Bator, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Lefty. Yeah. But um, he goes over. He's like, guys, I'm here. Let's do it. <laughs> Take yeah. you through the next scene. Well, this is when they beam over Jordy, and he gets beamed down to the the surface of the planet of Viridian Three. Mm-hmm. Yep, and he is just kept on the outside of this fucking force field fishbowl while Soren just goes about his fucking business. Yep, setting up his doomsday device to kill a star. Yeah, it's funny because this is like the final set piece for the finale. And we, we're here now, but we still have 55 minutes of movie to go because we have to do the Nexus stuff. Exactly. I like Soren's outfit, by the way. I do. I was just thinking the same thing. I'm like, he looks cool too. He looks like a good villain. He does. I wanted more. I know. I feel you. You baby. must think I'm quite the madman. <laughs> For my horrific uh, plan. <laughs> you, uh, good uh, luck. 
Now, excuse me, Captain, I have a world to destroy. <laughs> and be careful, that's a 50 gigawatt force field. Don't want you getting hurt. Yeah. Now, this <sighs> is where we see, shit. like I said, dude, Gates McFadden in the sick bay, man. This is what I'm talking about. Gosh. Red-haired angel. But um, she's a big bird, too. She's, like, tall, I think. But um, mm. Data apologizes. This is touching. And George's like, dude, it's fine. It's cool. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, it's a good line. No, you've just been behaving like a human. Like, that, that's it. It's messy and complicated. You're going to fuck up. Right. But this is, um, this is also where we learn that the Duras sisters are, uh, well, they're spying. They're using Jordy's uh, eyewear as, uh, as a little, uh, little GoPro for them. <laughs> Basically, yeah. <laughs> I do like That's one thing. Uh, it's a nitpick, too. It's total nitpick. But I'm like, don't you guys... Do like an overall scan for foreign technology when one of your people's been on board, uh, you know, essentially an enemy vessel and then comes back. I don't know. It's the future and shit. Yeah. Who knows what kind of crazy shit they smuggle in? Yeah. But oh well. But it is cool. I love I love them being bored while he walks around. He must be the only engineer at Starfleet who doesn't go to engineering. <laughs> 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 this fucking cock on a walk over here. Awesome. And this is where... <laughs> we get to some of the stuff that you were saying was either insufficient or we needed more of, which is Soren's sort of bad guy monologuing here. I guess yeah. it's more of a dialogue than a monologue because he's talking to somebody. But. Right. And I mean, he, well, all he really says, he's like, he's like, there must be a different way, Soren. You must find a, another way to reach the nexus. And he's like, I've tried for 80 years, and I, if there was another way, I would have done it. This is it. This is the only way I'm getting there. Right. And you know, you know, Picard goes on to try and convince him, like you're you're just as bad as the Borg. You know, you're destroying an entire world in order to do this. That you're doing the same thing that was done to you. And all, he's just like, nice try. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Villain shit. You know. Oh, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. How did um how did Kirk end up in the Nexus? You, wait, really? You don't remember? I'm 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 asking you to say it and then have a revelation with me. Okay. He uh, he gets sucked out of a ship into the Nexus. Yeah, so so you you know you could just kind of fly a ship up near it and just kind of jump out. Yeah, at it. Just going to escape pod though. <laughs> right, right. I don't know. I mean, I guess you have to. Get, it's only your body. I don't fucking know. Jesus Christ, is it? I guess. <laughs> Maybe you got to be naked body. You over here asking me to fucking tie up Ronald Moore's goddamn loose threads. Is that what you fucking <laughs> no, no, asking, I'm asking me to you do? To engage, I'm asking you to engage in brainstorming with me for fun. Don't get so fucking, <laughs> don't get so testy. <laughs> yeah, no, I, again, the only bone I can throw it is I'm like, all right, I guess it's only organic matter. Okay. Like if you're in a ship, it tears the ship apart and kills you before you go into it. I don't fucking know. <laughs> I, I mean, I guess that's it, right? Because I mean, what sort of Nexus ribbon, here, hold on. The Nexus ribbon, doesn't the Nexus ribbon smash into the engineering bay, thus causing the issue? Like, uh, yeah, yeah. Were any other crewmen down there? Oh, shit, you're right. Oh, well, no, 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 no. That, they covered their base there because they were like, well, this is a barely oh, staffed ship. Tuesday, There's no one down Tuesday. there. That's why, he, that's why Kirk had to go down himself to, to tickle, the, tickle the guts of the ship. I got you, baby. So, I guess. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I mean, Papa's shit, just he could have just gotten on a ship and had himself launched out of a cannon like some old-timey circus performer. Just fire me into the nexus. If in 80 years you haven't figured out how to, uh, I don't know, how many, how, many, how much trial and error did you, do you think he used guinea pigs, like literally shot people at the thing? 
<laughs> what were some of his experiments that didn't <laughs> lead to, to his right? death, right? Because he's still alive. I mean, maybe the Nexus is just full of monkeys and space helmets that he just fucking fired out of a cannon into this thing as it went by. I can dig it. I mean, if you're an LRN and you can live to be like, shit, I don't know, 500 years old, you got a lot of time <laughs> to fucking try crazy shit. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, this is where we get the line that comes back. Time is like a predator stalking you. you can Experiment try to 295, I tried flying a kite <laughs> into the Nexus and hanging on tightly. <laughs> Didn't work. <laughs> Experiment 123. I brought my friends out on a cruise voyage and I vented them into space. They never be seen again. It didn't <laughs> occur to me that I won't know it. if it was successful or not because they can't communicate with me. <laughs> Once I go into the Nexus, we'll have a lovely reunion or I shall be racked with guilt <laughs> yeah, for killing all of my friends say, for no reason. Side note, if we get there and they'll kill me, well, I guess we know it worked. <laughs> Success. Tiny little life forms. He's funny and cute. Day duh. <laughs> Little light forms. Ba, ba, ba. Playing songs with the fucking computer. I guess it doesn't matter what buttons I press. Yep. Um, <laughs> down in engineering, finally, the Dura sisters start looking for the information they're looking for, which I believe is a prefix code, correct? Isn't this a, yeah. a callback to Khan? Well, I, I'm trying to remember, but. They they find out the exact uh, I guess frequency oh, that's of the what shield it was. That's what that they're was. using. Yep, yep. Um, I can't remember exactly what he did in Khan, but in yeah, Khan they they, they, they used a prefix code to retake over the ship, which was done for the exact reason it, it happened, which was uh, enemy takes a ship. This is yeah, right. they match the frequency, which we so know they, is a thing. We saw a lot. We learn a lot about this with like the Borg, which oh, is yeah. they they modulate the frequency. Yep. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's cool. So they 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 can basically now adjust their torpedo to be at the exact same frequency so it can just puncture right through the shield as if the shield's not even there. Which, as we've talked about before, shields are fucking everything in the Star Trek universe. Your shield's down, you're just dead. Yeah, it's really bad, especially when you start getting hit with torpedoes and they are just crushing your ass. Because it's instant decompression on many hulls. Of course, this is cool. Like, I like this. This isn't a cool little space battle. Oh, this is, yeah, this is real fucking cool. It's cool, man. I super enjoyed this part, actually. Lock phases, return fire, and they do, and they start turning the Enterprise about, and they're just getting smoked. It's funny that you can't- nothing they can do here. They they can modulate the shield frequency, but they're not thinking fast enough. Right, right. Or or they're just, I mean, the tremendous stress of taking a pounding in that moment. Right. But I do, again, this is that Star Trek shit that I love, where what do they do to figure out the solution? Riker starts talking to Worf about what is this model- of bird of prey is there anything Mm -hmm. you know about it that we could exploit he talks about well they were basically decommissioned at a certain point because of their faulty plasma coils which are a part of their cloaking system and that's when Riker makes the connection and talks to data about could we somehow send out a pulse to affect their cloaking device and they basically force them to cloak which forces their shields down and leaves them vulnerable for just a couple seconds Right, as the cloak is engaging, you still have them targeted. Yeah. And you can kind of smash them. And their shields are gone. And as we've, and again, the movie does a good job here of establishing the the parameters of this whole engagement of that their ship outclasses the Klingon ship by far. They're only getting their ass whooped. It could destroy a few of them. Right, right. And it's like they're only getting hit bad right now because they got hit by surprise and they have no shields, which are just 
crucial to, you know, ship combat in this universe. Um, that's the only reason they're even taking a, a beating at all. So if they can put their weapons on an unshielded version of their ship, they're done for. Yeah, there's a there's an episode of Voyager with this where um, the Vidians are attacking the Voyager and they just continuously blow through their shield frequencies. And I believe in that episode, of the few I've seen, they modulate. I believe they are changing their shield frequencies, but they keep getting matched by the enemy. But that's one of the things I was thinking here. This was just me being a Star Trek nerd, which is can't you modulate your frequency of your shield? Um, but yeah, yeah. Like I, I don't know if that's a timely thing. I'm trying to remember that how it worked with the Borg and ship. I don't remember. I remember. That. I remember them doing that on the show of them altering their shields on the fly. But I guess maybe they just yeah, like you said, they weren't thinking the, about that here because they didn't know how that. Got <laughs> Instead, they call up the flaws of a decommissioned bird of prey. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's still pretty cool. Like it's, oh, it it's works cinematically. Cool. It looks cool. And I honestly love that we have a moment of the Klingons having that realization, like, we're cloaking. And they're like, what? <laughs> like, we're not, we don't, we're not trying to cloak right now. We have no control over that. And they just see the fucking photon torpedo just coming at them. They all have that moment of just watching it come and be like, oh, we're fucked. <laughs> yeah, that, that remo- that's a um, callback to Khan too, right? That's true. Our yeah. shields are falling. Well, raise them. <laughs> raise them. I can't. And then <laughs> Kirk, fire. <laughs> fucking tight yeah Klingons are dunsky but horrendous damage done one to blast too by the way one photo torpedo I mean yeah. just fucking smoked them no shield that's, that's why <laughs> fucking done yeah but horrible massive damage done to their warp core enough to where they're stuck in the gravitational pull of a planet and they know that they have some problems here right Oh, oh yeah. no! They they have to they they move everyone to the saucer section because they're going to separate that and land it. And honestly, dude, this was something I only remembered from the finale of the show. I no, forgot no, no. they did from this from the this beginning movie. of the show, first episode. Was it? Yeah, two I, callbacks to the original series, which was the joke that he finally got, which was awesome. I get <laughs> it. True. I get it. He starts laughing. <laughs> and then, yeah, in Counterpoint, Farpoint, they show it off. They show off the saucer separation. They they do everything because it's the fun, like the season premiere, the show premiere. They're like, we're going to show Man. you all the cool things that are new. I thought that was the in the series finale. That's what I remember it clearest. The series finale gets into some of the cool shit with, um, I don't remember it as well as I remember Farpoint. Truth be told, I've only seen the season, the series finale a couple times. I do remember Worf having, you know, going warp 13, having the three nacelles and all the crazy bullshit. And <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember, I don't remember that in that, a saucer step in that. I'm sure it's possible. I just don't remember. I definitely remember from Farpoint, though. Nice. Yeah, they're taking a pounding. They have to evacuate uh, warp core, <laughs> I believe. There's a warp <laughs> core breach. I love the random inclusion of like, ah, oh, these kids, we got to save these kids. And we don't know where their parents are. Teddy bear being smothered under desperate feet. <laughs> like <Yeah>. okay <laughs> a reminder <laughs> that it's uh the ship has families on it right civilians and families aboard yep and then uh, of course the warp core goes up and it knocks the uh saucer for a loop and then that the saucer looks really cool yeah it looks awesome and then the saucer is going to uh crash oh yeah and this dude this crash looks pretty fucking good I dig for it. 1994 i dig I, it i was impressed like, I remember I it in the theater and thinking, holy shit. But yeah, it looks fucking good. Clipping through the trees, the dirt spilling up over the saucer. Yeah. Sort of plowing into it. Ah, it's so cool. 
Yeah. And uh, they're about to die. <laughs> they sure are. From the star that's about to explode. Yeah. They're like, oh, we lived. What a fucking bummer. What a bummer. We they were able to evacuate in time. Eats the planet. <laughs> they were, you know, Riker's at command on the bridge by himself for once, and he, he finally is able to defeat some Klingons and still another emergency, but they get everybody evacuated, get the saucer, crash land, everybody's okay. Blam, fucking dead. Yep. Oof, it's a brutal breaks. outcome. All right, let's talk about the, before we talk about sort of the end, I mean, Picard trying to make his way in, blah, 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 whatever. Um, he finds that little rock archway that the force field can't, you know, isn't penetrating. Right. This is pretty, this is pretty important actually, because, um, holy shit, I just thought of another plot point. Ooh. With Picard having the knowledge that he can go back from Guinan, he should have just been like, I will help you go. Wait, what do you mean? <laughs> to, to, to McDowell. Oh, help you go? Yeah. I will, I will help you make this a success. Oh yeah, no, I yeah, I exactly. I was I was actually thinking about that too. The idea of right. like, well, can't I just be like, well, I can provide you the means to get there yeah. without doing this, right? I will beam you into space directly in its path. There you go. All you gotta do is hold your breath for like two seconds. It's gonna hit you. That didn't work either. You you couldn't have set a fucking transporter eighty years. You couldn't have overridden a an <laughs> auto transport out to the fucking I don't know whatever. But um, now I'm trying to think of like ways on like i'm not a fucking writer i'm just sitting here like an asshole but anyway <laughs> so they fail i like oh. i like that they fail and the ribbon takes them and the world goes up well no it's not the it's not the ribbon it's the star that he blows up that's the last star that he blows up the the shockwave that kills all of them no 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 i meant it hits picard and because picard ends up in the nexus so oh well yeah yeah, that yeah. he takes out the star, it kills everybody on the poor fucking planet that Enterprise has landed on, right. and they are swept up by the Nexus. Yep, and Picard has this moment. Dude, mm-hmm. let's talk about this. This is interesting, man. It's this so is, interesting. This is all so, Patrick Stewart. You know what I love about this scene? First of all, they, they, they really warm up the colors, of course. Um, I really like that... There is something touching about this whole thing, but also something really creepy and out of place. Right. Dude, right. I don't know about you, but it was unsettling. Oh, I totally agree. Yeah. Like you, in, in, in a lot of it could just be the reaction shots on Stuart, but I was just, I felt a little skeeved out. Yeah. No, because I agree. Because we I know think, it isn't I think a big real part of and it. we feel it's bullshit, I think. I don't know. Well, I think a big part of it too, if it were just him back at his actual home, maybe like back home in San Francisco and his brother's there and his nephew, like getting to see them again, um, like that would be more tempting. But the fact that it invented hypothetical children for him, I think is what makes it especially weird. Or it's like, yep. he didn't have kids. Like it's inventing this, like, you know, just like yeah, the by back the way, the of Nexus your mind. sucks. Wait, what? The Nexus blows. <laughs> Because, because of, it, because it's wrong. Like it, it isn't what he wants. Like it, it right. fails. This next, I mean, sucks. Yeah, he's able to see through it. Yeah, but dude, my probably my favorite moment in here is where he he kind of calls over Renee when yes. you know, Renee's being called away, and he's like, "Just go on without me." Mm-hmm. And that's dude. That he, he doesn't lie to the kid, right? He yeah. could have said, "I'll be there in a minute." There, there mm-hmm. was some. There's something to be said there. That's a Picard thing. Exactly. He has this like integrity where he, he looks at it and he knows he, it's him both grasping that it's not real and at the same time 
grasping some real closure for for the death of the death of his nephew of being like I can still love him and he can be gone and I can move on and that's okay. Like he grapples with that pain here. And that's right. what's that's what's so cool about the difference between him and Soren. Like Soren takes the exact opposite path of I will hold on to my sorrow and try to fix it so hard that I will fucking kill millions right. of other people. And Picard handles it individually on his own terms, faces it Let's go of it and moves on. Like the two just very different men dealing with the same kind of tragedy. Yeah. I'm like, ah, that's the shit we should have latched onto harder, explored a little more. Hell, man. It's so mental, dude. It's crazy. It's crazy. (laughs) It's it's not, yeah, it's it's cool. Like, ah, God, it's so bizarre. I I would almost be like, I wonder if Soren has this, like, I wonder if he has this part of his mind where he's like, in my Nexus, Viridian 3 will not be destroyed. Oh, or like he justifies it to himself in that way. Well, yeah, because it's because technically, right? Right. Where he's like, I'll be in a reality where I didn't do that. Yeah. God damn, this is getting real deep, dude. I don't think I can keep, <laughs> I don't think I can track this. <laughs> That's it, man. Hmm. But no, <laughs> dude, and I love Guinan's how. there. Right. I also just love, especially because it's Patrick Stewart, how fucking a Christmas story this is, a Christmas I know, tale. I know, I know. <laughs> where, where is small Tom and his two crutches? Because that's copyrighted. We have to be careful. <laughs> Where's me, Yahweh Mike? Yahweh bless us. <laughs> Yahweh anoint us, all of us. <laughs> Where's mini Mike? <laughs> <laughs> mini Mike. It's just fucking Vern Troyer. <laughs> Ah. <laughs> oh shit! Where's small uh, Stevie? <laughs> Where's diseased David? Where's little Larry? <laughs> Fuck! Where's Gimpy Gordon? <laughs> Where's crippled Kurt? <laughs> Is this just fucking Ronald Moore in the writers' room just throwing anything against the wall? Like I don't know what's not copyrighted and not gonna get us in trouble. <laughs> On Where, Twitter. Where's lame Lenny? <laughs> God damn. Also knows when I look at that woman in that whole stable of kids, I'm like, get me back to the spaceship. <laughs> All these mouths to feed. Fucking hell. Little bastards. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go with the black chick. You guys have a good day. <laughs> see you later. Hope you enjoy your <laughs> Christmas presents. Yeah. Well, he's out of there. Out of there. And, and we get this very, and again, like weird, abstract uh, kind of explanation from Guinan where she's like, I'm just an echo of the real Guinan. I mean, she's a, she's aboard the Enterprise and part of me's here. That's how we're going to explain it. <laughs> Fuck it. It's, it's a little out there, but at least it's Guinan. At least we know she has right. a, 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 I believe the Elarians have um, a temporal, a, a temporal, not temporal, a temporal awareness. Like they can right. perceive timelines and stuff. Um, let's go to their cute shit. It's cool. Elarians are widely traveled people who spread themselves across many parts of the galaxy and beyond. At least one Elarian visited Earth in 1893. Wow. Uh, yeah, because the time's arrow. Around a guy on present, Elarian physiology. Here we go. Um, Extremely Elarians were physically different like humans in structure and even in the range of their racial phenotypes. Right. This is a black lady. A significant physical difference between humans and LRNs was in their aging process, as the extremely long LRN lifespan covered many centuries. Dude. Um, one particular LRN male was known to be a father of an adult when he was around 200 years old. 
A Davidian temporal vortex suddenly being opened could potentially injure an LRN more than it could a human knocking the LRN unconscious and wounding them in a way that the LRN couldn't walk thereafter unless they received medical treatment. I don't know what they're talking about. I'm lost. <laughs> uh, culture, alternate timelines. LRNs possibly had an awareness which superseded the normal flow of time and space, allowing them to be extraordinarily sensitive to the space-time continuum. Guinan was able to perceive the change from the regular timeline to the aforementioned alternate one and back again. Switches that occurred in 2366 due to the disruption of the history of the USS Enterprise C, which of course is Yeshua's Enterprise, great episode. The changes were felt by both the Guinan of the alternate timeline and that of the regular timeline. Eh, it doesn't really say she can like spare walk so much, but yeah, fuck it. <laughs> you know what? I'm, Anything, we're throwing everything at the wall for this that's episode. It. That's fucking it. I'm here to be your spirit guide, or I'm also the ghost of Christmas present. Fuck it, I don't know, I'm all of it. Guinan, take me away from these children. <laughs> they already bother me, Guinan, <laughs> they're annoying. Now let's I go to a nexus I, like I can get into. <laughs> the old wood chopping Dude, horse riding Kirk neck. Hell yes. That fucking house is legit. That spot is so legit. This is a beautiful place. This is a dream. Dude. Right? I don't blame him for regretting selling it and going back into fucking Starfleet. Oh my god, this place is amazing. Beautiful. beautiful. God. Totally beautiful. This better be Ron Moore's house. <laughs> I love yeah. him fucking double, ah, double-sided axes, legit chopping wood. You know, you know, man. Coming up in the mm-hmm. 60s, he had to do man shit. <laughs> you know he really chopping that wood. He swings that axe with so competence. Good. Also, one thing I thought was sad or just kind of sucky was that, you know, Guinan's like, oh, and there's another person who also, in his mind, just got here. I'm like, really? He didn't get to have 80 years of a vacation at least? Like, he only just, like, so let's keep that in mind. In Kirk's experience, he was sucked out of the fucking ship, opened his eyes and was just here, started chopping wood, and then fucking Picard showed up and was like, yeah, this is an illusion. You must come back and die. Yeah. Like, that's all he got. That's the only break he got, man. That fucking sucks. Imagine if you, if you didn't know who you... Imagine trying to explain. No, no, no. You don't understand. Like, imagine just gaining awareness while you're chopping wood one day. You know who you are. You know where you live. You know where you are. And somebody goes, no, no. You're the captain of a starship. And you're like, what? Huh? Huh? What? Well, he knew that much. It was just no, more know, like, oh, I'm, I'm like retired right now. And this is nice. I know. I was saying imagine that, though. <laughs> oh, if he wasn't even... <laughs> if I was he had, doing like, no wits about him at all. I was doing a let's pretend, dude. Let's do One a little pretend. One of silly make ups Yeah, let's have some fun pretending, dude. <laughs> 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 let's do some pretend make ups for fun. He's got that fucking awesome dog. <sighs> yeah. You know you don't see any more fucking balls on dogs? Dogs <laughs> up balls on them. You know what else you don't see? Girls' wrists. What's with that? What? Why do girls always pull their shirts like over half their hand? Like, it's so <laughs> that weird. That to me is more of a 90s rom-com thing. No, it isn't. Ooh, I'm the That's awkward a, one up. No, it isn't. Wrist. That's a today thing, dude. I guess. It's weird. Have you seen those like sports shirts? They put their thumb in them. I do hate the I, shirts that what? have the thumb holes already cut in them. Like, what yeah, let's doing? encourage this. I'm like, That's weird. It's no, weird. I, I don't like that. Dogs, balls, and girls' wrists. I ain't seen them in a century. <laughs> I want to see more dogs, balls, and girls' wrists. <laughs> I'm the CEO of Gap. Nothing gets me more horny than a wrist. Um, this is really good, William Shatner. Yeah. I think I do, he does I do this really him. well. Like he's, I, I, 
It's awesome. I like him just kind of slowly understanding on his own terms. Like mm-hmm. I like that he's almost dismissive of Picard. Like he's he's not like really because he that knows much something is amiss. Right. It's just that he starts to walk around and figure it out for himself. And like oh, I gave this clock to Bones. That's strange. I, I, why do I still have this? I, I shouldn't have this. Oh, Butler, my dog. You died. You know, nine years ago. And just slowly piecing it together for himself. Uh, and realizing not just where he is and the things he is, the time that he has, but that this is the day, the day that he told his wife that he's going to go back to Starfleet. So what I find that what I find interesting about that is that subconsciously that's the most consequential day in his mind that he made that final choice of I will go back to Starfleet and not be retired, and that's what kills him. Mm-hmm. That's his regret. Awesome. Yeah, this is good stuff out of these two. I like I like um, when Picard tries to <laughs> tries to hit him with the Picard stuff, and he's like, "Don't lecture me, pal." <laughs> I don't need none of that. Shit. Yeah, I want to stop you right there. This is good <laughs> stuff because they're both just awesome. They're just great. I like uh, I like I like how I like how <laughs> he just tries to tell Picard to do shit. <laughs> it's kind of awesome, man. Get this, <laughs> get this here. Stir this. <laughs> it's just great. Get in here. Do some work. And this is where he's like, yeah, you died saving the Enterprise B. You died saving the Enterprise B from an emergency beacon, right? That's it. He's like, yeah, I remember the bulkhead disappearing, and then I was out there chopping wood. (laughs) Kirk's like, and I'm dead? He's like, not exactly. (laughs) He's making me hungry, though, by making breakfast, I got to tell you. Yeah, and chopping up the megs. I was saving. Looking good. The galaxy when your grandfather was in diapers. (laughs) 24th century. Yeah. Picard knows how to get him, though. He knows how to motivate. <laughs> I do. I like this moment of of Kirk kind of being okay with this, where he's like, eh, well, I'm already dead in the eyes of history, and who am I to argue with history? Like, whatever. <laughs> I'm going to go out go fucking have my own time. Both like, of these for men once. ride horses, too. And some of them, some of the shots, it isn't them, but some, some it's clearly them. It's cool. Oh, definitely. Yeah, when he goes riding off. Dude, his... Kirk's discovery of how this is fake is amazing. Yeah, I, I, I kind of really like it. He's like, I used to this, this does. I feel nothing jumping over this. Like I should fear this. It's almost like the Nexus is protecting him from the negative emotion. Yeah, that like that's that's a really good observation. That like probably the illusion and 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 the real strength of it is that it strips away everything mm-hmm. that's negative. So much so to the point where you're like, ah, this isn't this doesn't feel like an actual human life. This feels like some paradise version of it. Right, right. It's pretty wild. But yeah, that I mean, my only problem with all this is that it just happens so quickly. Like, we, I mean, we we get back to Kirk and we're with him for all of you know in the time of on screen, five six minutes in the Nexus tops, you know. Um, but I do, I agree with you. I, I like the way that it's him going. I've jumped that fifty times and I've been afraid every time. It's always a little nerve wracking, and it felt like air here. It just felt nothing. Mm-hmm. That's that's not the peril I like. It's cool. And then, of course, he's like, maybe it's not about the empty house. Maybe it's about the empty chair. That's a good line. And he's like, look, don't let them promote you. Don't let them do anything. Yeah, don't you want to be them- out there making a difference. It's awesome. I mean, again, that's very Kirk. Like, it's Hell true yeah. to his character here. And it's also a really good response from Picard because now he knows he's got him. <laughs> Called him come, by the balls. Because he says, come back with me. Make a difference again. Dad, you just gave him. You played your cards, Kirk. That's all I needed to hear. And I was like, all right, you fucker. (laughs) I'm in. 
Because he and, says uh, something about it being fun, right? Who am I to argue with the captain of the Enterprise? Great line. <laughs> respect, I think the odds are against us and the situation is grim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just like the respect of him saying, who is it for me to argue with the captain of the Enterprise? Recognizing cool. Picard's authorities is, is really a, a classy move. Right. And that, that you know, the baton has been passed. That like, sure. yep, that's you, not me anymore. And I respect it. The yep. position. We get back to the crash landing. And then we are on the planet for the showdown. Yeah. And Earlier, it, I, don't, I don't think it happens again in this fight. Got to say, one of my favorite Malcolm McDowell moments in this movie is the fucking fierce headbutt he gives to Picard. <laughs> he grabs <laughs> yeah. him by both collars and just bunts him down the fucking hill. I was like, that, that looked legit. So the, 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 the physical confrontation isn't really good. Yeah. It's, 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 re- it's not great for... I don't need ridiculous choreography. You know, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Serviceable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This set's okay. Like, it's fine. It doesn't I mean, blow I, my I, hair back. I can't help but feeling that in the beginning, the moments when, when Kirk is going down into the hole to, to you handle everything on his own, and then in these moments where he's fighting here, it does feel very much like, a ah, we got to have Kirk doing some Star Trek I shit. I think you're right. Like, ah, we just got to give him some Star Trek shit to do. <laughs> One I think, last time. I think you're right. And, and we know Picard can fight. Like, he fucking beat up a Klingon. You know, it's not, it's not yeah, whatever. It's fine. But it, and, becomes you know, a, it becomes a Kirk has to do this heroic shit. You got to go do this, the fucking science shit. Right? Yeah. And, <laughs> go do your science. I'll do my punches. Yeah. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about, let's just talk about Kirk's death. Why are we belaboring the point? Yeah, that's true. His de- I like I one thing I unequivocally am in favor of is Kirk sacrificing for his death. Like Me too. him putting his own life on the line for the the sake of, you know, a bunch of other lives. That's very Kirk to me. That I like. It's and I'm not even sure if there's anything I like outright explicitly dislike about it. There's just times where you go, ah, is that was that enough? Was that big enough? I wanted him to die on a ship. Right? There's a part of me that wanted to, yeah, to see something like that, where it's like this final command, you know, not just, I'm a man who fell down a hill. <laughs> yeah, dude. I'm, <laughs> an old man, I'm an old man that fell. That's <laughs> yeah, fucking brutal. More than that. Picard, I've fallen and I can't get up. Hey, look, an old man fell from, di- died from falling. Crazy. <laughs> the, the lamest <laughs> obituary ever for the most fucking incredible Starfleet captain. Starfleet captain falls age 73. Dead. <laughs> like, oh, ah, fuck, that's it? That's the end? Yeah. He punched um, so many aliens. So I'm not happy with the manner of his death. But I thought Shatner did a good job in his dying moments. Right. His it final words being, fun. oh my, is really kind of heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the words that he speaks before that that I actually like. Did we make saying, a difference? It, yeah. It, we made a difference. It was fun. <laughs> I, I, that's a Kirk. That's some Kirk shit to say. I have no right. problem with the shit he said, which was like, I could see him being like, we had fun and. And being Kirk right up until the end and, and kind of having that real revelation of imminent death and, and kind of being like, oh my. Like, I could see that. I just yeah. I just needed it somewhere. Or, or not seeing it at all. I came fucking ramming the Enterprise into something. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah, I need a little more gravitas. I like, think yeah, if I the agree. movie was better, I would have liked his death better. The fact that his death is nestled in a shittier movie, <laughs> I still like it. I still I, Look, I like the movie. I don't love it for sure. But I like this movie still, and, and there's yeah. plenty of problems with it, but there's plenty of cool shit too. 
like I like the idea of it all. It's final thoughts. I like the idea of it all, Matt. I like the idea of like the Duras sisters are hired to raid a Romulan outpost to steal Trilithium, which this guy's going to then use for his dastardly plan. And, um, and that's kind of cool, man. Like it's cool to bring them back into it. It's cool to get a little, a little uh, slugfest with the Klingons. It's cool. Like a, a lot of that stuff is cool. Some of the subplots is cool. We talked about maybe data stuff being a little bit long. Maybe some of that time could have been devoted to McDowell and developing the Sauron character. And the yeah. Nexus is, is flimsy. Yeah. But I agree. But Kirk I'm is fine. Like I think I think him in the cabin at the end is really awesome. I like him in that. Picard's great, of course. Um, I mean, Riker doesn't do anything. Worf doesn't do anything. Um, <laughs> Worf doesn't do shit. Riker nothing. at least gets to shoot down the the Klingons. That's true. Um, and um, in in his final words are pretty good. You know, I just. Yeah, that's the thing, and that's what I remember some Star Trek fans really disliking about this movie is the literal final words of Kirk as he's dying. And each time that I watched it, even the earlier time where I was a little lower on the movie, I still was fine with that. I was actually like, I I don't mind this last exchange and these last words from Kirk. It feels like a—part of what I like about it, too, is Kirk— kind of closing his eyes and being like, oh my, it almost sounds like he's seeing like the afterlife as like the next adventure in a weird way. Of that yeah. He's like, oh, this is it. And I'm on to the next. Like that, that seems like a Kirk way of embracing death. Oh, oh, oh. And oh my is some shit. Somebody might say like, right. You know yeah. what I mean? Like re- remember Doc Holliday saying, that's funny. <laughs> that's right. It's that's crazy. Funny. Yeah, it's crazy. The fucking DMT releasing in his brain is just like, oh, it's all I see it all. Oh nuts. my, yeah, nuts, man. Like it, it, it became the reality in that second for for Kirk. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, no I remember choking that. me up when I when I saw it. I was like, damn, because like we consider and be intellectual about that part of it, but then if we really start to think like James T. Kirk, like that's your the, the fucking the most badass character in Star Trek. Like he's dead now and that's where he Fucking died. And that's dead. how he died. It's kind of like, ugh. the spot mm-hmm. shit was touching. Let's be real data. Come on. <laughs> oh, with the cat. Yeah. No, I actually yeah. really like that. It's adorable. <laughs> I'm happy, but I don't know why. Am I, am I malfunctioning? It's cute. <laughs> you know, red spiner's awesome. Also real quick. Uh, have you ever heard of Star Trek, the return, a novel by William Shatner? I don't believe so, but Shatner uh, wrote it. Let me Shatner guess, Kirk it. comes back. Let me read you just the first paragraph. He's like, fuck summary. that movie. <laughs> listen, listen. <laughs> the novel begins on the planet Viridian 3 and takes place shortly after the events seen in the motion picture Star Trek Generations. The body of James T. Kirk is stolen by the Romulans after his burial by fellow Starfleet Captain Jean-Luc Picard. The Borg have formed an alliance with the Romulan Star Empire in order to destroy the Federation. Using alien technology, wink, a Borg bring Kirk back to life and his Katra is restored, but false memories are implanted to turn him against the Federation. The goal of this secret alliance is to destroy Picard and therefore Starfleet's only defense against the Borg, but despite his conditioning, Kirk is able to resist commands to kill war. Data and Jordy LaForge, all of whom are attacked by him during his search for Picard. And so it goes. That sounds like a fantasy from Corey Feldman. <laughs> it is some, uh, it feels like official fan fiction, like officialized wow. fan fiction. That is. And some- then. And then, and then, <laughs> and then, and then, and then, no, and then uh, Kirk punches him so hard that his head flies off. And then, 
Dude, that's a, such an and then book. Ah, and there there are more. There are more sequels to this book. It's followed yeah. up by the Avenger. Um, I like the moment in the in the rubble of the Enterprise. All this stuff is cool. Like Picard and Riker having their moment is awesome. Yeah, but I'd rather yeah. believe that time is a companion who goes with us on the journey, Riker, and reminds us to cherish every moment That's because they'll never come Picard again. Picard shit, man. Great Picard shit. He rules, dude. Again, this is the guy who rolls with the the punches of fate. Like he's like, I I embrace it. I embrace what? it and push through. What we leave behind is not as important as how we've lived. <sighs> that's that's such good Star Trek shit, man. That's good shit in general. That's um, what, yeah, exactly. But I mean, that is to me that's the soul and the meat of Star Trek that I love. Mm-hmm. That shit right there. Yeah, Picard crushes. Yeah, he's fucking great, man. It's a good ending on uh, the rubble, and then them beaming to the Farragut. And um, on to the next adventure. You know, this is just the beginning of next gen. That's what's kind of cool about it. You know, that there's a, I remember being kind of feeling a a welling of emotion, a a difficult and swallowing in my throat at the end of Star Trek six, because the signatures have this weird finality to it. And I think we talked about that. I was like, God, it's done. Yeah. Like that's it. I mean, it's over. What started in the sixties is over. That's crazy. You know (laughs) what I mean? And then when Generations goes, you go, Kirk died, and that was sad. And I remember getting a little choked up when I saw it originally, even though I didn't love the movie. And then kind of also feeling this excitement for the beginning of the film, the films for this for this uh, franchise, for, for Next Gen. And I was like, cool. So it's a, it left me with a much different feeling at the end, you know? Right, of a beginning. Sure. That's cool. Yeah. I don't know. I've kind of said my piece on it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, shit, should we get to some uh, listener comments? We actually have a lot for this one. Yeah, absolutely. Let's pick a couple and do it. All right, I got one from Helen Glover. This was my first Trek that I saw in theaters, so it captured my imagination, regardless of some of its inadequacies. It really introduced me to the complexity of Kirk's character as a TNG fan and got me into the other movies. Nice. I love some of the silliness, Delete the Plank being one of them, still quote some of the lines today, especially the whole time is a predator thing, and really hate the data (laughs) storyline. Made me hate him as a character for years until I could rewatch TNG properly. Wow. Damn. Damn, yeah, because it's a little data. it's a little over the top. We talked about that. Like trim yeah. some of that out and give it to Soren. And, and I, I don't love even hate, Spiner. Right. And I don't even hate the the whole storyline of data in this. It's just a little too much of it. Reduce. Yep. Yep. You got one? Oh yeah, absolutely. I know I shouted out uh, William Alvarez earlier for the um for the movie lighting piece. That was him that wrote that. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Conrad Hutchins. Could have been so much better, and it struggled as it followed the amazing TNG season finale. Didn't need to hand the torch from TOS as episodes of TNG had done that already brilliantly, such as unification with Spock. The humor data is cringeworthy. The lightning, <laughs> the lighting is too dark and they recycled some of the external ship shots from the series. The story is just a bit lame and the premise of the Nexus paints them into a corner. Ha, uh, and then he writes parentheses, why doesn't Picard leave earlier in the timeline? Right, we talked about that. The way the Enterprise gets destroyed sucks. Rotate the shield frequencies. We said that too. And Kirk doesn't get the send-off the character deserved. As usual, Pat Stewart saves this with some great scenes, but thank God we got first contact to make up for this. It's a shame that they TNG that the TNG films never reached the heights of some of the original series as the cast deserved so much better. 
That's a pretty, um, that's a tough love post that I wanted to read. And I think it's, I think it's well thought out and well written. And overall, I agree about the TNG movies. I still like a lot about them, but it's a shame that they are, they'll never be quite at the height of some of the original movies. Nope. Which sucks. Never. Because I love the Next Generation cast. Yep. And, and, and that's always, it's always, you're always going to be a step behind because of the original series. That's just life. Yeah. I got one from Paul Shanley. There is nothing more dangerous than an idiot who thinks he's a genius. <laughs> I respect that they were going for a passing of the torch, but the script tries to be too cerebral without the smarts to back it up. The whole Nexus plot is aiming to be high concept and heady and instead just stops the film dead in its tracks. Kirk's role lacks any real meaning and feels shoehorned in. Hmm. Picard's grief at the death of his entire family is a powerful moment, but I don't think they do enough to turn it into an arc for the character. Yep. I'd rather skip this and watch Six and First Contact instead. Yep. Matthew yeah. Lewis, for all its issues, I really enjoy this film. I am so particularly impressed by the way Shatner and the writers handled the moment of his death. Kirk is giving a pretty standard campy speech when suddenly his eyes show the trualization of what is happening. His oh my still hits me. I agree with that, Matthew. Even though I wanted the circumstances of death to be different, the actual death is fine. It is good, actually. Not yeah. just fine. Anybody else? Uh, he left a long one, and I must read it because it's our boy. Almost hot Scott Buchanan. Oh, God. The most glorious. <laughs> he does. Every time. <laughs> Watching Generations is me admiring my glittery gold nail polish nails, self-acupuncturing, and going for a nude run. It's pretty for 19... 19- <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> what an introduction. Every it's time pretty- I think he can't write a gayer thing, he writes something <laughs> Fucking new. Fucking nails it. <laughs> so Bats awesome. it out of the park. <laughs> it's beautiful. <laughs> He's a fucking poet, this guy. (laughs) He says, it's pretty, for 1994 anyway, but pretty isn't enough to save the wrong outfit. It's frequently painful when it shouldn't be, and it's exhilarating, but mostly I wish it was in much better shape if it's going to not bother hiding its shame. (laughs) Look, (laughs) look, this is okay. It has some great moments like Picard reflecting on fewer days in front than behind him, and has cringeworthy moments like a lot of the rest of it. I can still watch this, provided I'm also playing the computer, but it doesn't just hold me for the whole showing, which is a shame because it should have been so much more interesting a long tv episode rather than a feature film he rules well done almost hot scott (laughs) yeah there we go go. any more for you no i'm good all right so yeah at the end of the day there's some threads left undone um there's some there's some fuckery afoot with the nexus if you stop to think about it but um patrick stewart is uh is the ace up the sleeve as always yeah, man, I'm. Uh, I'm just too. He carries the whole movie enough to where I actually like it. Right, right. And for me, my biggest—I I absolutely wouldn't have thought this until revisiting it for the podcast. Uh, I feel like the movie's biggest sin is not the way they handle Kirk; it's the way they handle Soren. Like you, you again, yes. you got Malcolm McDowell, and you had a, a villain with presence, and even fucking looks cool. And we just really don't do much interesting shit with him. He's talked about. He doesn't get to talk. We don't really even see him that much. He has a few cool moments, and that's really it. And we fight him in the desert for a few minutes. That's that. Um, that's the biggest waste here. Yeah, they really could have done a lot more with Soren. Um, and I feel like at the end of the day, too, they could have done more with Kirk. Like, why do we? Does does it have to be a mystery that he's in the Nexus? Why not see him struggling with the illusion of the Nexus on his own? Some. 
uh, and then Picard meeting him and finding him and, and talking to him more. I don't know. I, I, I wanted more of Picard. I, I wanted this, I guess, to be more focused, like trim down the data story, really focus in on Picard and Kirk and Soren and, mm-hmm. and the, the shared emotional pain and, and issues going on between these guys and the different ways they're handling it and the way Soren becomes a villain through it and the way you know, Kirk and Picard become heroes despite it. Like that's that's the interesting shit at the heart of this, man. I agree. Three is a company, is- four is a crowd. Sorry, Data. <laughs> Sorry, Data, you gotta go. And I love you. I love you, Data. Dude, he's one of my favorite Star Trek characters. Absolutely. It's just, it's just that his subplot, if if it would have paid off into the main plot, if he could have done something and overcome his fear and impacted Sauron, sure. Totally. But it doesn't, yeah. like that whole setup only really pays off to further develop the Data character, but the show's over. So I, I found mean, my cat. <laughs> Yeah, cool. But that's not him finding his cat is cute and cool, but it doesn't, it's not, he doesn't over, it's, it's dealing with your emotions, right? Like we don't, I I don't know. There's no, it's, it's like the beginning of an arc for the character's end because the show is over. It's weird. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's, that's a good confusing way to put it because it's confusing. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. That's why I do a podcast because I'm so verbose and succinct, Matthew. (laughs) (laughs) But it's true. (laughs) Like that, it just had a, it's a weird place in this movie. It doesn't have much gravity to the plot. Affirmative. All right. Well, we are out of here and I do want you to know that I I checked uh, the website while you were making one of your more mundane and boring uh, Mm -hmm, points. mm -hmm. (laughs) <laughs> and and I noticed that there are no more bounties, so they've all been purchased. Wow. Damn. That Ten was gone, quick, guys. Ten gone in three days. So there Holy you go. hell. Well, there we have it. Yep. So uh, we'll, be, uh, we'll be relaunching bounties for sale again come August. So stay tuned for that. So every, looks like we're probably going to be trying to sell them every three months. If the frequency starts to really slow down because people aren't made of money, if the same people keep buying them, if, you know, if we get new people buying them, that's cool too. But um, we will we will see how that goes in the future. We will we'll 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 pay attention to supply and demand. I guess is my point. Or if somebody keeps buying Sex in the City movies or really annoying shit. <laughs> yeah, they will get refunds if they say cover Sex in the City. <laughs> if they say we, cover Showgirls, they will not get a refund because we will do that. <laughs> All right. Well, we are. we are going to get out of here. Thank you guys very much. Remember, visit us on the web at haven't gotten a review in a little bit. I know Game of Thrones is distracting. Come on, get out there, review, share, do all the shit you guys normally do if you're not going to fucking pony up the five bucks a month to be a member, you cheap whores. Next. Can't you at least give us a review the butterfly kisses of payment? Something. <laughs> yeah, next. Next. Yeah, it's like, oh, sweater. Thanks, Grandma. Uh, <laughs> next. Um, uh, uh, next week, we'll be covering Star Trek Insurrection. There you have it. Done. That's it fucking done hell yeah and that'll be Powerful. damn dude that'll be all the star trek movies except for the ones that don't count well i've done all of them that's right that's and then the week crazy. after that will will be we don't know yet who knows yeah. we'll see but um we're out of here matthew tell these good people goodbye go your lines 